Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Confusion has arisen due to the language in the Constitution that says Congress may conduct the enumeration, quote, in such manner as they shall by law direct, unquote. This is taken by some to mean Congress can do anything they want, even if the Constitution does not authorize it. That is wrong. If that were true, there would be no need for a Constitution. In constitutional language, the word law does not mean statute. It refers only to constitutional law. Title 13 is a statute. The Constitution does not say Congress may enumerate in such manner as they shall by statute direct. It says by law. That wording simply means that any statute, such as Title 13, must be within and limited to the provisions of the Constitution. Nowhere in the Constitution does it authorize government to penalize you for not giving your private information to government. In fact, the Constitution makes special point to prohibit the government from taking your private information in the Fourth and Fifth Amendments and elsewhere. So there are serious questions about the constitutionality of Title 13. In fact, at one point, District Court Judge Melinda Harmon put a temporary restraining order on the Census Bureau for demanding private information. Over the past 100 years, the courts have not done a good job of upholding the Constitution. That's not due to any problem with the Constitution. It's due to problems with the courts. I'm not a legal advisor, and my comments are only a layman's opinion. Every one of us must decide for ourselves what the government may and may not demand from us. One final point of concern is the idea that the census data allows government to more effectively distribute benefits and programs where they are needed. To my knowledge, the federal government distributes resources by earmarks, political expediency, and in areas where the federal government wishes to gain influence. And most federal distributions are no longer discretionary anyway. Most revenues are committed to prior obligations. Any further obligations are funded 100% by debt of one form or another and are irresponsible from the start. Because of our government's spiraling public debt, census data is far more likely to be used for the targeted generation of taxes, fees, licenses, fines, and other forms of wealth extraction than they are to be used for wealth distribution. Imagine if you knew everything the government was doing the CIA, the NSA, Homeland Security, the IRS. Imagine the power of knowing that. Information is power. When you give up your information, you give much of your power over to others. The person in charge of your life should be you. The person using your private information should be you. You do not know what goes on in government because government no longer acts like a servant. It now acts like a security operation for itself. In a gross insult to your right to public information, you must apply for it through what they call the freedom of information process. 
Freedom is supposed to mean not having to apply for things. But government protects itself by protecting its information. You are the private citizen. Government is the public agency. But government is secret and expects you to go public. Our constitutional republic has been turned upside down. Will government have the audacity to try and punish you for protecting your privacy? If they do, then there's another open question. Exactly who is your government working for? I'm Jerry Day. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU-band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
<laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You are listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Wednesday, March 2nd, 2016, and it's about seven minutes after noon Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live, and that means you can participate. The call-in number is 800-932-1980, 800 You can also join in by going to the chat room. It's located at AmericanVoiceRadio.com or TheAmericanVoice.com. You'll see the chat link over on the left-hand side. Just click it. It's real easy. You'll be in there, and you can chat with the other folks in there. You can, you know, leave messages for me, ask questions. 
make comments, drop news stories, all kinds of stuff. You can also uh, contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN Talk is the screen name. All right. So we had some uh, primaries and caucuses yesterday. Trump won most of them. Cruz won a couple of them. He won his state in uh, Texas, okay, which, you know, everybody ought to figure the senator from Texas is going to win the primary in Texas. That's not really a surprise. Uh, Oklahoma also voted Cruz, which is, uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, some people aren't as sharp as other people, and I guess the so-called Bible belt through Oklahoma is dumb enough to actually believe Ted Cruz, but hey, whatever. And uh, Rubio actually won a state, Minnesota, so there we have it, and uh, yeah, who cares about the Democrats, you know, the fix is in over there. I mean, the fix might be in in the Republican Party, too. I mean, last night, you know, I went through an article describing in great detail the rules of the Republican convention. This is not, you know, just idle speculation about, oh, what maybe could happen, uh, you know. uh, No, this is what can happen by utilizing the rules. Huh? You know, and they did it last time. They did it to Ron Paul. Now, I'm not a big supporter of Ron Paul because I honestly think he's as establishment as anybody else. What I look at Ron Paul is the same way I look at this Apple FBI thing. You know, now I don't for one second believe the government doesn't have the resources to get in that iPhone. Whether they've got the resources themselves or they arrested some 17-year-old in his basement hacking into the Department of, you know, Defense and then, you know, recruited him to work for them. Whatever it is, man, I, it's, I, I can't imagine that they do not have the, the means to break into that phone. So if that's true, then this whole, you know, circus dog and pony show they got going on is just to lead people to believe something that isn't true. All right? And I believe Ron Paul was the same sort of thing, a stalking horse. Oh, yeah, man, great, great speeches, great idea. In Congress for 30 years, never got a bill passed. Great voting record. But not, I, I can't find any one time when Ron Paul's no vote actually changed the outcome of any bill being voted on in Congress in 30 years. Okay? You know, so the thing is, you can listen to what people say, but you've got to look at what they do. And when they don't match up, yeah, you can say, well, look at my voting record. It's perfectly no all the time. Everything's no. Well, yeah, okay, you were in Congress for 30 years. You couldn't get anybody to go along with you. You couldn't get after 30 years some sort of coalition going. You couldn't get one bill passed that you sponsored 
not one of your no votes resulted in making any difference at all in the outcome. And then the shenanigans, oh, I'm running for president, I'm going all the way to the end, except, eh, well, I'm quitting early, we'll have a party next door, we're not going to the convention, and I'm giving the 20 million bucks to my kids so he can run for Senate. Yeah, well, okay. You know, Ted Cruz comes across as another one of those guys. He's playing the Christian card out there hard, man. And you know what? Anybody who plays their Christianity, their faith, that hard. Hey, listen, I don't have anything against anybody. You know, as a matter of fact, I want people to declare. What are your beliefs? I mean, if you're going to run for office, I'd like to know what your beliefs are. But that's really all I want to know. I don't want to ever hear, if I don't vote for you, I'm voting for the Antichrist. If I don't vote for you... Uh, the country's going to go to hell. Uh, if I don't vote for you, uh, I'm probably not saved. Uh, if I don't vote for you, you know, I don't want to ever hear any candidates saying crap like that. And if you are going to get out there and push yourself as some super Christian, then you can't turn around and start pulling slimy Stunts like sending little old ladies notices that, uh, you know, oh, you're in violation and all your neighbors know it. Wow. That is kind of like, you know, that's way up there on the sleaze ladder. This is what I'm saying. People can say what they want to say, but what they do, you got to look at what they do. Eh, anyway, so... It's going to be interesting anyway. So, you know, that's that's all I can say for this election cycle is it's going to be interesting and probably entertaining. And, you know, and like usual, I, I expect they're probably going to it's probably going to end badly. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just my view on it. I could be wrong and I hope I am. But anyway. All right, let's see here. What to do, what to do, what to do. Okay. You don't hear much about, you know, oh, we're going to bring jobs back, we're going to make America great. Okay, great, wonderful. Everybody says that basically in different ways. But recession 2016 in some states, a very deep economic downturn has already arrived. Already arrived? You see, this is the whole news spiel that somehow, oh, we had a bad time in 2008, but whew, thank goodness it went away and we recovered. We never recovered, folks. The stock market recovered, but nobody else did. They monkey the unemployment numbers. I just saw something going, well, gosh. You know, uh, people on food stamps hit a brand new record high. And gee, this is odd seeing as how we have low unemployment. Are you out of your mind? Who out there thinks that we have low unemployment? Sure, you can look at the phony unemployment numbers, but the government lies so badly, folks. It's not, look, this isn't even a joke anymore, okay? Because there's so many dimwits in this country that look at government numbers and go, Wow, we go, yay, unemployment's down, uh-huh, yeah. 
And dimwits really is it. Folks, we have a nation of people that are too stupid to live. Okay? Uh, look around. And this is what... It, this is what's going to happen, okay? Kind of like what Al Dask says, you know, uh, if you can't pay the debt, the debt won't be paid. If you're too stupid to live, you're not going to, okay? So, folks, you, you individually, not waiting for the government, not hoping Donald Trump comes running in on a white horse and saves us all or Cruz or anybody else, but you have to take responsibility for you and your family's survival. And you better start now because time is getting, it's running out, man. You need to start getting, if you haven't started already, then you got to go basic. Beans and rice, 20-pound bags of beans and rice. And don't even tell me, well, I'm poor. I can't afford that. Really? You know, I've actually had people, while they're standing in line to buy a $6 pack of cigarettes, tell me that. Well, I can't, you know, I can't afford to do that. A 20-pound bag of rice is 10 bucks, maybe 11 now. But you can't afford that. But you can afford your Marlboros. Yeah, right. I am so sick of hearing that. And those are people that will get zero help from me. You know, and this is the other thing. Well, you know, if you're a Christian, you got to help these people. No, I don't have to help these people. I'm helping these people now. Well, does the Bible say, well, listen, the watchman not only has to warn everybody of coming, you know, impending doom. Uh, when they don't listen to him, he has to jump down off the wall and go help them all. No, uh-uh. What it says is if you don't warn them, their blood's on your hands. But if you do warn them, well, then, you know what? You can wash your hands and walk away. They don't listen. They don't listen. Your job is to tell them. That counts for me and you. Your neighbors, your family, your whoever, your friends, your strangers, whoever. You really do have an obligation to tell people, to tell them what you know, what you see. Hey, man, you know what? Things are looking a little iffy. I think, you know, it would be a good idea if you had a plan B. You agree with having a plan B, don't you? You know, and just in case plan A doesn't work out, it's always good to have a plan B, right? Who's going to argue with you about that? They're not going to argue with you. What I have found, most people, now there are some, but most people will not argue with you about it. They'll agree with you. But then after they agree with you, oh, uh, well, here comes the excuses. Why they can't do it. And it goes on and on and on and on, and it just makes you want to puke. And after a while, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Then, you know, <laughs> and you need to make it clear because every once in a while, somebody will, you know, come up with a wise crack. They think they're funny and clever and say, well, I just come to your house. And, you know, for years I used to just smile and go, <laughs> I don't think so. 
and walk off. But, you know, maybe it's time to start being a little more blunt and introduce them to the reality of the situation is, well, if you do, I'll shoot you and your whole family. This is your chance. You don't get another chance later to show up at my gate. This is your chance right now. Head, you're worthless, stinking, do-nothing, excuse-making behind over to the grocery store and start buying you some rice and beans and whatever else you can afford. But, hey, too stupid to live is as too stupid to live does. So, you know. Did you know that there are some U.S. states that have already officially fallen into recession? Uh, no, say it ain't so. Economic activity all over the planet is in the process of slowing down. You know, who writes this crap? Honestly, I mean, really. In the process of slowing down, <laughs> the dry goods index, okay, that tracks shipping worldwide, it is at an all-time low, meaning it has never been this low since they started keeping track of it. So, in the process of slowing down, really? And there are some areas of the country that are really starting to feel the pain. In particular, any state that is heavily dependent on the energy industry is hurting right now. During the years immediately following the last recession, the energy industry was the primary engine for the growth of good-paying jobs in America. But now that process is completely reversing. All over the U.S., energy companies are going under, and thousands upon thousands of good jobs are being lost. Uh, wait a minute. Energy companies? What the heck is an energy company? You mean like the power company? I don't think so. Because they don't go out of business. They're a public utility, okay? They keep running no matter what. They just keep raising the rates. Oh, but people are losing their jobs at the public utilities. You know why? Because they're being fired so H-1B visa workers from India and elsewhere can come in and take their jobs for like 20 grand less a year. Yeah, that's what's going on there. As economists size up the chances of the first nationwide slump since 2009, <laughs> pockets of the country are already contracting. Four states, Alaska, North Dakota, West Virginia, and Wyoming, are in recession. And three others are at the risk of prolonged declines, according to indexes. The three additional states that are at risk of prolonged declines are Louisiana, New Mexico, and Oklahoma. What all those seven states have in common is a strong dependence on the energy industry. See, they isn't it nice how they call it the energy industry? Have you noticed that, folks? Because when you see when you hear that, you think, well, you know, the power company, energy, you know, electricity, energy. No. What they mean is oil. Okay? That's what they mean, oil companies. Somewhere along the line now, the political correct police have moved in and said, okay, look, we don't want it called the oil industry anymore. We want it to be called the energy 
industry because, see, oil is dirty and slimy and nasty and hard to get off. You Nobody wants it on you. It's polluting. It's, it's negative. So energy is good. It's good to have energy. We have energy drinks. We have energy everything. Energy is great. So let's call it the energy industry instead. They are just lying sacks of crap is what they really are, man. This is straight out of Madison Avenue. This is nothing but a manipulation of words to make you believe something that isn't true. They're talking about oil. Oil companies. Last year, 67 oil and gas companies in the United States filed for bankruptcy, and approximately 130,000 good-paying energy jobs were lost. Energy jobs. You mean oil industry jobs. If the price of oil does not go back up, this could just be the beginning. Okay, so, all right, now we're being led to believe, okay, listen, everybody, where you used to be getting sucked dry at the gas pump for $3 or $4 a gallon, right? Now you're paying, you know, a buck fifty, buck seventy, something like that. Hey, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, in my economy, that's a good thing. And you know what else? I don't give a damn about the oil companies, okay? They have been Oh, and by the way, why is gas only a dollar fifty or dollar seventy? Huh? Huh? Do the math. When a barrel of oil was $140 a barrel, gasoline was right around $4 a gallon. Well, now what is it? $30 a gallon uh, a barrel? $30 a barrel? And we're still paying a dollar fifty for gas. Wait a minute, that math don't work out. Don't tell me it's the taxes because the taxes are the same for a thirty dollar barrel of gas uh, or oil than it is on a hundred and forty dollar barrel of oil. They don't go up and down depending on how much the oil is. It's the same, and it's like forty cents. Okay, so don't give me that. That's an excuse out of the energy industry, which is a pack of liars. So the whole decline is because we're paying less for gas, and they're not making as big a profits, even though they actually are making big profits. You see, this is the lie that they tell you. They say, well, uh, oh, gee, uh, a barrel of oil is only $30, so we're not making as much profit. Well, you know what? The people, the places selling crude oil are not making as big a profit. The shale oil industry, they can't exist at $30 a barrel. And why should they? Russia's making less money, Saudi Arabia. Everybody who produces crude oil is making less money. So what? They've been gouging us for well, how many decades? Oh, and by the way, you know, $30 a barrel of oil, I think it only costs Saudi Arabia something like $9 to get every barrel of oil out of the ground. So they're still making plenty of money. Now, the shale oil guys here in the United States can't make it. Uh, Russia's in trouble because they were so dependent on that cash coming in for their oil and gas. Venezuela, same thing. Those communists down there were stealing the money as fast as it was coming in, and now that it stopped coming in, there is no reserves. There is nothing left. They're going broke, and everybody's starving. That's what communism will do. That's what Hillary Clinton has planned, and Bernie Sanders, too. 
That's what they like. They think Venezuela is a shining diamond in South America. Uh-huh. Let's take a closer look at that place for a while, huh? Not doing so good. Meanwhile, what's going on in the shale oil? Oh, my gosh, yes, but what about those jobs? What about those companies? Yeah, what about them? Okay, here's what's going on. See, the Seven Sisters are still making the profits they always made. Actually, in some cases, they're making more of a percentage. They're making less money, of course, but they're making a bigger profit margin. So, here's the thing. The shale oil producers got in big debt. They went out and borrowed money. We want to drill all these holes and make lots of money. And the bank said, woohoo, great, yeah, here's the money. Well, they borrowed the money, and now the price went down. So they're stuck with these loans. They're going to go bankrupt. Bankrupt means they're going to have to liquidate. Liquidate means all your stuff, including your claims, go up for auction. Oh, guess who's going to be at the auction? Yeah, that's right. The Seven Sisters are going to come in and buy up every little wildcat shale operation going. And once they get that done, you know, through magic, I guess, the price of oil will go back up. And then they'll start producing and they'll own everything. That's the plan with this. Okay, and I'm sure Saudi Arabia is getting something in return. Oh, yeah, like the U.S. military cuddling up with them to go invade Syria, because that's what Saudi Arabia wants, or Iran. I tell you what, we pick some real bad friends in this world, folks, as a nation. Saudi Arabia is one of the worst. Israel is almost as bad, okay? But, hey, you know, if you use your cell phone a lot, keeping your pocket and all that stuff, you know, you're not going to really have to worry. Yeah, you'll have to worry about yourself. But at least you won't have any kids because the cell phones are cooking your reproductive organs and causing an epidemic of cancer. Yeah, that's a headline. Yeah. Is your cell phone keeping you from having kids and slowly killing you at the same time? Most people have no idea that one of the greatest threats to their health may be something that they are willingly carrying around with them all day long. A brand new study has just come out that shows that men that carry around cell phones in their pockets continuously are much less fertile than other men. Of course, we have known that cell phone use has some very nasty consequences, for our own health for a very long time. As you will see below, studies have shown that there is very clear link between cell phone use and cancer. But even after learning all these things, most people just continue to use their cell phones normally. Most people believe that they want to believe. Believe what they want to believe, and most people don't want to believe the cell phone use is harmful. One of the most respected news sources in the UK has reported the new study that uh, was just mentioned. The study, by highly respected specialists, found that sperm levels of men who kept their phones in their pocket during the day were seriously affected in 47% of cases compared to just 11% in the general population. Professor Martha Dimfield of the <laughs> Dimfield, okay, Dimfeld, wow, of the Tech, uh, Technion University in Hafia said. 
We analyzed the amount of active swimming sperm and the quality and found that it had been reduced. We think this is caused by heating of the sperm from the phone and by electromagnetic activity. Well, well, I guess it doesn't take a scientist to figure it out. If you put an electric device next to your reproductive organs day after day after day, of course it's going to have an effect, right? So, there you go. There's your warning, folks. You know, it's not just brain tumors now. Look, I like technology. I really do. But you you really need to do something to kind of, you know, they have this protective uh, shielding fabrics that you can buy. And you could put your, you know, you could put that in your, around your phone in your pocket. But, oh, my gosh, you might miss a call then. You might actually have to, when you can pull it out and take it away from your reproductive organs, check your voicemail. Oh, that's so inconvenient. What if, what if, what if, what if somebody has to tell you what they need from the store right away? What if, you know, are you kidding me? How did people get along back before cell phones? How did we even leave the house? How could we? Somebody might want to contact us for crying out loud. Now, I, re- I realize, you know, some people have jobs. But do you want to burn your reproductive organs off for your job? I mean, really, that's your choice. You can if you want. But I don't know. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Or hold it up to your head a long time and get a brain tumor. None of that seems like, uh, you know, something that anybody put in the job description. You know, so I hear that a lot. Well, I need the cell phone for my job. I get that. But did they tell you, oh, by the way, yeah, and your job requires you to become sterile and uh, have a brain tumor? Still want the job? Hmm. Anyway, we'll take a break. We'll be back. I could not tell my face 
from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? 
Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Ba 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 ran. Ba 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 ran. Oh.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I am your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Wednesday, March 2nd, 2016. It's about 12.43 and a half out here on the Pacific Time Coast. And uh, you can call in 800-932-1980. And you can also participate in the chat room, which is at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You can contact me directly with Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. So there you have all that. And let's see, people were guessing, and they got them right. Three Doors Down was the first song. Beach Boys, of course, was... Uh, the second one there, I I couldn't find the version of, uh, you know, the John McCain version of uh, bomb, 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 Iran. Isn't that clever? Anyway, so anyhow, let's get back to the uh, the horribleness of it all. Uh, How about this, man? You know, we go from cell phones to creepy billboards, and this is not new, okay? This is not new. This was in the news quite a quite a while ago, years, a couple years ago, and then it disappeared. You couldn't find it. It was washed, basically. And, and folks, I know that sounds paranoid and delusional and uh, conspiracy-minded and all that stuff, but, you know, it's true. From time to time, news stories get washed off the internet i'm serious man this is why when you find something it, you, you should save it i mean I, i'm telling myself that as much as i'm telling you that because they do disappear and then yes maybe if the people are not really really slick which they're not usually but sometimes they are six months later you can go to the way back machine you know and uh and go look at it but they can wipe that off of there, too, sometimes. Okay. You've heard me talk about Clear Channel. I am not a fan. Okay? Clear Channel destroyed FM radio. All right? Clear Channel destroyed independent conversation about the issues in America. That's what Clear Channel did. Okay, and Mitt Romney is part of Clear Channel, or was at the time. I don't know if he still owns it, because he buys and sells stuff, you know, uh, he doesn't care. You know, he's a slash and burn sort of guy. So when Mitt Romney comes to, uh, uh, you know, and says, oh, by the way, I'm running now. Uh, well, Donald Trump and him ought to have a real good time going at it, because, you see, Donald Trump is a real estate mogul, and yeah, everybody's criticized him because he says, hey, I, I like I am in a domain. Well, of course he does, because that allows him to, you know, tear down people's homes and build casinos, or whatever it is he wants to build. And that's bad. But Mitt Romney goes into companies, fires everybody, hires the cheapest labor he can, phonies up a profit margin on paper, and then sells it for a big profit. Okay, that's called corporate raider. Okay, that's Mitt Romney. That's his business. That's what being capital does. That's how Romney got to be as rich as he is. 
So here we go. Even Clear Channel Outdoor America's own spokesman conceded to the New York Times that the company's new service does sound a little creepy. Billboards across the country will soon begin to spy on the behavior of passers-by and sell that data, data to advertisers. Clear Channel Outdoor Americas, which owns tens of thousands of billboards nationwide, is on Monday announcing plans to use people's cell phones to allow its billboards to track the behavior of everyone who walks or drives past the ads. People have no idea that they're being tracked and targeted. Jeffrey Chester, executive director of the Center for Digital Democracy, told the New York Times, which broke the news on Sunday, it is incredibly creepy, and it's the most recent intrusion into our privacy. But don't worry, folks, the courts will not rule in your favor because they've already said over and over and over again, you have no expectation of privacy when you're out in public. But these are the same pieces of garbage that are writing legislation in Virginia and, well, here in Oregon it's not going to work because they've tailored it to one guy, and that's not how law works. That is unconstitutional on its face. You can't write laws for individuals, okay? That's just not allowed. But, yeah, they want to keep police, even their names, secret from the public. Cop shoots somebody, nobody gets to know who he is. Cop gets found for corruption, nobody gets to know who he is. That's what they want to do in Virginia, and it's passing their... uh, their legislature, okay? These are the same creeps that are pulling that that say you, however, have no expectation of privacy when you're out in public. So if this ever goes to court, the court's going to say, well, you're driving out there in public. You have no expectation of privacy. So your only, okay, your only thing is to take matters into your own hand and block that signal. Gee, wouldn't it be a shame if somebody somewhere was driving by one of these spying billboards and shot an electro-pulse back into it and burned out its little transmitter. Oh my, wouldn't that be terrible? Oh, that would be an act of terrorism, though, wouldn't it? The marketing behemoth is partnering with AT&T and other companies that track human behavior to collect data on viewers' activity, which advertisers could then use to create hyper-targeted ads similar to how websites track visitors through their browsers and sell that data to online marketers. The problem, say privacy advocates, is that most people, when out in public, will have no idea that their every move is being recorded and analyzed and sold for marketing purpose when similar ads that use smartphones to track behavior were installed in phone booths in New York City in 2008. There was a loud public outcry, and the billboards were quickly removed. Uh, well, really, people have no idea. Is that right? Most people, when out in public, have no idea that their every move is being recorded. Really? So, most people never notice every traffic light, every street lamp has a camera on it. You didn't notice that? Every store you go to has a camera on it. Every parking lot you drive into has probably uh, 50 cameras in there. You you don't notice that, really? Most people don't realize they're being tracked, really? Okay, 
I guess we've discovered the theme of today's show. America has a lot of people that are really just too stupid to live. Yeah, it's sad, but it's true. Wow. I had no idea I was being tracked. Oh, everywhere I go, there's a camera. They've got sensors on the highways. They've got cameras. They've got your cars now. If you buy a new car, that they can shut them down and track your every move and know if you were speeding when you got in an accident. You didn't know you were being tracked? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, and even they admit it sounds a little creepy. Yeah, a little creepy. I think it's a little more than a little creepy. Oh, man. This might be something I have to do later tonight because... Uh, you know, this is just, this This goes, this is a big deal, and it goes on and on, but I'll read you the headline here. Some real costs of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Nearly half a million jobs lost in the U.S. alone. Half a million more jobs gone. But hey, we got a really low unemployment rate. So that's why it's so odd that we're in a recession. How could that happen? I mean, with the, such the low unemployment rates, how could that happen? Oh, God. Too stupid to live again. Mr. Family Values, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> I hate this guy. I really do. You know, I don't usually hate people I've never met, although it's becoming more and more rampant with me because, I, you know, there's Bill O'Reilly, there's Hillary Clinton, uh... Well, there's the whole Bush family. There's Hillary Clinton again. She she gets double. Yeah, I've never met these people, but yet somehow they have managed to make me hate them. And Bill O'Reilly's one of these guys because, you know, I've watched him too many times and read stories about him. I mean, you talk about a bully. And I don't, look, I'm not, oh, God, bullying, bullying, bullying. I don't really care that much about bullies. I know they exist, and I know they're out there, and I don't like them, and I punch them in the face every chance I get. But, you know, the bottom line is Bill O'Reilly's a bully. He's a big guy. He gets these people on his show. And these are usually educated people that, you know, went to college and got taught all this sensitivity training. And, oh, my gosh. And then you get this guy who's like 6'2 or 6'3. He's he's big, and he he towers over you and yells at you. You know, and this is how he treats his guests. Well... As a self-proclaimed one percenter who spent his career chastising delinquent fathers, Fox News anchor Bill O'Reilly recently lost custody of his children after a New York appeals court ruled that the kids no longer want to live with him and should reside exclusively with their mother. According to court records, O'Reilly's daughter witnessed him abusing her mother by grabbing her neck and dragging her down the stairs in a fit of rage. On November 2, 1996, Bill O'Reilly married Maureen McPhilly, Filmy, and together they had two children, Madeline and Spencer. The couple separated in 2010 and finalized their divorce a year later. They initially agreed to share custody of the children, but McFilmy returned to court in February 2012 seeking full custody of her children after O'Reilly violated conditions of the agreement. Last year, a Nassau County Supreme Court justice granted McFilmy full custody of her children, but O'Reilly appealed the decision. 
McFilmy decided to fight for full custody after discovering that O'Reilly had hired an independent child therapist named Lynn Kulakowski to perform virtually all of his parental duties. So Bill O'Reilly chose to have a child therapist. That means mind-manipulating facilitator, folks, to raise his children. According to court transcripts, O'Reilly's daughter viewed him as an absentee parent who wasn't interested in raising her and struggled to control his rage, which she found scary. Well, of course she did. She was raised by a therapist. Come on, folks. Everything is scary to a therapist. After O'Reilly and McPhilly separated in 2010, McPhilly began dating a Nassau County police detective named Jeffrey Cross. In a fit of jealousy, O'Reilly used his influence at the Nassau County Police Department to initiate an internal affairs investigation into Gross. Isn't that a crime? After finalizing their divorce in September 2011, O'Reilly attempted to formally annul their marriage and have McPhilmy excommunicated from the Roman Catholic Church. Wow, boy, that's rough, huh? On his own website, O'Reilly stated it was never easy being a father. Did you know that American icon Davy Crockett abandoned his children? Oh, so Bill O'Reilly's the new Davy Crockett now, huh? What a delusional buffoon this guy is. And many other famous men did as well. Shameful. You can't be a real man if you don't look out for your kids. They need you. Uh-huh. Like a true hypocrite, O'Reilly berated black communities for raising fatherless children when in reality his own children saw him as an absent and abusive father. Propaganda works both ways. Those evil enough to spew the BS and those stupid enough to chew it up. Although O'Reilly has repeatedly been exposed for his blatant hypocrisy, his audience will once again turn a blind eye. And that's true. That's true. There are people out there that follow Bill O'Reilly, and they fall into the category, come on, say it with me, too stupid to live. All right, what else? We're running out of time here. I I, I got a lot of stuff here. Now, okay, a lot of you aren't going to care, but this... This applies in, in in three states, and probably more. It probably applies in like twenty something states because the medical marijuana. The federal government doesn't see any difference in medical or recreational marijuana. To them, it's all bad. Okay, it's all bad, and they will not allow banks, who are federally regulated, to do business with marijuana, cannabis uh, businesses, okay? So everything's cash. That's why here in Oregon, you walk into one of these uh, weed stores and you have to pay in cash. Every one of them's got an ATM in the, in the you know, waiting area or whatever. And, you know, you don't have cash. You've got to get some cash because they can't take cars because they can't use the banking system. It's a complete cash system. Here in Oregon, the Oregon House overwhelmingly passed House Bill 4094 that protects Oregon banks who provide financial services to state-regulated marijuana businesses. And, and really, marijuana should be called cannabis. The bill initially passed the House on February 16th, but it was amended in the Senate when it passed there 
18 to 6 on February 26. So today the House voted 55 to 4 to concur with the Senate amendments. The bill uh, was championed by Oregon State Treasurer candidate uh, Tobias Reed, who now moves on to Governor Lesbian Kate Brown, who is expected to sign the bill, making Oregon the first state to remove all criminal penalties for banks and credit unions that work with cannabis businesses operating within the state within state law. So there you have it, folks. You know, states really can take control. Now, whether you believe, you know, I, I don't care where you come down on the, uh, you know, cannabis issue. That's not the issue with what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is the fact that a state stood up and said, okay, well, you know what? We made this legal. You won't let them bank. We'll tell you what. We're going to let them bank, and we're going to do it ourselves without your help. The states don't need the federal government, folks. The federal government is an albatross around all of our necks. They don't help. Anyway, I got to go. We got a full day coming up. Hey, we got some new shows today, folks, live shows. Uh, Condition Critical's coming up for a new two-hour format. And an hour after that, we've got a brand-new show, uh, Natural Health, okay, so uh, with Dr. Krupa. So tune in for that, and I'll see you again tonight. Thanks for listening. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
gentlemen, I'm Alfred Addis, sitting in for Melody Cedarstrom. She, she should be joining us later in the program. We'll see how that works out. Uh, this is Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. And today's report is for the second day of March, year of our Lord, 2016. Uh, we'll give you the uh, medals and the, and the equity report and so on. And then Wendy Wilson, Wilson will be joining us from thepowerherbs.com. And later in the program, Rob West will be joining us after the first break. And I'll introduce him a little later in the program. Uh, gold is up $8.60 today to $1,241.30 per ounce. Silver's up $0.13 cents, uh, to fifteen oh three per ounce. Platinum is down two bucks to nine hundred and forty. Palladium is up three bucks to five hundred and twenty-two dollars per ounce. When we get into the uh, Dow Jones, up thirteen points to sixteen thousand eight hundred seventy-eight. Nasdaq is up six point six to four thousand six hundred ninety-six. Uh, New York Stock Exchange is up fifty-five points to 9,826. The U.S. dollar index is down 0.21 to 98.17. And crude oil is up 49 cents per barrel to $34.89 a barrel. Crude oil's, you know, all things considered, compared to where it was in the recent past, crude oil has done pretty well in the last week or so. Uh, was down 28.29. And now it's up almost 35. You know, that's got to be, and that's got to be cause for celebration in the oil patch. It's not. Uh, it doesn't mean you can go take a vacation and buy a new home and a new airplane or whatever. But uh, just to see crude oil rising rather than continuing to fall has got to be good for the folks in the oil business. And it's likewise good to see what's happening in gold. You know, it's been a little bit, it's been mostly up, got a few downs and the rest of that, but since the first of the year, gold has done well. And we will watch to see whether it continues to do so, or, you know, we may get some setbacks before this is all over, but it looks to me as if there's a 70% probability that gold is going to continue to rise into the foreseeable future. Not a guarantee, but a 70% probability is the way I'd put it. But uh, Wendy Wilson from thepowerherbs.com and or, well, we'll just start with that, is, is joining us now. I'm going to talk about rebranding the national health care system. Hello, Wendy, are you there? Al, how are you? Just fine. Awesome. Yeah, so we're gonna... the, the, the health care system is going to be rebranding itself. You know, this is uh, according to some sources out of uh, the U.S. Cleveland Clinic and JHN Productions Limited out of the U.K. They say that scientific health care is going to be rebranding itself. So you're going to see this growing shift, Al, in health care from that cookie-cutter, one-drug-fits-all therapy to a more personalized treatment. So why do you suppose medicine in Europe and the U.S. aren't? embarking on such a change. Well, according to AMA physicians, there has been, they have been reporting and studies have also shown that 60% of patients are not filling their prescriptions or taking their drug medications as instructed. And why is that? 
Well, further research revealed that there is patient concern that the medications offer unpleasant or sometimes deadly side effects. So what we have is this unprecedented, unprecedented cultural shift in the, quote, mistrust of mainstream medicine. So the Internet also allows patients to research their options, you know, their conditions, yep. and also share experiences. So nothing travels faster than negative reports on treatments, especially drug side effects. So rebranding, as you know, nothing new to the drug industry. They'll change the name of a drug in a skinny minute to sell it for another type of condition. One example would be Rogaine. Remember that? Yeah, I don't remember what was there, therefore originally, but it wound up being a hair, uh, hair restorer. Right. It was originally a blood pressure medication called mm -hmm. Lonitin, but during the drug trials, they happened to notice that it prevents further shedding or further hair loss. But what the um, minoxidil effect in that drug Lonitin did is it created what is called hypertrichosis, which is really abnormal extra hair growth on uh, your torso and limbs. So what the drug manufacturers did is they isolated the minoxidil to a lotion to apply it locally just to the scalp to prevent that abnormal hair growth everywhere else. But then millions of consumers found out that they had to use that every day for the rest of their life or their hair started to fall out again. So uh, what this new marketing is encompassing, Al, uh, is this patient-personalized compounded medicine genomic gene mapping function. Um, they're going to use a lot of patient genetics. For instance, uh, the, the new personalized healthcare claims that if you had, let's say, a cancer, they can identify the genetic markers and select therapies that will attack those specific markers to destroy the tumors. Not only so that, let me, ask, let me ask you this. If they're going mm -hmm. to, what you seem to be saying is they're going to tailor the medicine for me. Tailor it. Not just give me a bottle, the same bottle that they would give you and 100 other people. They're going mm -hmm. to tailor it to my genetics. And if it doesn't work, what's the value of my complaint? Do I, I warn We're... other people against that medicine? Because they're not, the government's, well, it was something about my genetics. Is Yeah. Yeah. And do you get a refund? <laughs> well, well, it depends on whether you live or die or you sue or you don't sue. I guess that's right. Uh, well, what the patient will be hearing is that they're going to be hearing they're unique, their genes are unique, the health care that is going to come up with this personalized treatment tailored to their specific genetic need, like you said. So it all sounds really good. But at the end of the day, it's all still about remission in their book or symptom reduction. They don't get at the cause of why you have cancer. Yeah. Okay. They're just going to yeah. treat the symptoms of cancer. So, so they, found a, they found a new, a new avenue to sell minoxidil then. Uh, as yeah. long as you keep taking it, it'll, it'll suppress the problem. But if you ever stop, the problem comes right back. Right. Exactly. So this new healthcare marketing is also going to tap into a patient's chemical biomarkers it's going to involve their biological treatments, um, and, and, and they want to do that in order for biologics to predict uh, a patient's likelihood of getting a disease and how they would react to a treatment. Um, an example would be a biological uh, treatment for possibly getting breast cancer, and then women, instead of getting the breast cancer, could just go ahead and have the mastectomy now as a treatment for cancer they don't yet have. Get it? No, I don't think I do. Um, well, that's what they're pushing as a prevention. 
So we're we're supposed to also believe, Al, that this new personalized health care is going to cost us less money. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what this rebrand message in healthcare wants to impart to patients is that the new medications approved by the FDA and the advancements in their genomics will make medicine better able to predict disease and offer treatments with fewer side effects. So savvy patients can read between the lines and they can focus on this rebranded healthcare. It's going to entail three things. It's going to entail earlier diagnosis and prescribed treatment for future disease patients don't even show symptoms of having yet. It's going to entail drug treatments for symptom management with fewer side effects. And thirdly, treating patients with gene therapies, their environment and lifestyle changes is a more tailored approach. So let me read you this quote by Catherine Tang. She is the director of the Personalized Healthcare Center at the Cleveland Clinic. She says this, we have made tremendous growth in our knowledge of disease and our ability to treat disease, but we still have much to learn about the causes of disease, end of quote. So that should tell you something there about their personalized health care is just still treating diseases. Yeah, yeah treating so, symptoms, treating symptoms well, yeah. as much as anything yeah, and, and leaving the de- as- disease for or maybe it'll be there when you die or they dig you up, the archaeologists dig you up a thousand years from now, but... Um, one of the questions I have about this, what about litigation? If I'm going to take a disease, a, excuse me, a drug that's been specifically tailored to my genetics, and if I'm like 60% of the people who aren't taking their meds right now, and I don't take the drug, does that negate my capacity yeah. to sue the, the manufacturer so. if the drug creates an adverse outcome? I would think so, because mm-hmm. um, I don't have any legal advice to give you on this right now, but it sounds like that probably would be so based on what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Uh, so this, what this healthcare rebranding hopes it accomplishes uh, with their, you know, marketing of their treatments, it, it, they hope it will instill confidence in what doctors recommend in drugs and therapies to their patients and that those recommendations will be followed. Okay. And that's underlined. Okay. So, and an interesting angle in all this healthcare, Al, is that in this marketing, the patient's going to be told that they have a critical role in their personalized healthcare, and that the treatments are tailored to their genetic markers, their environment, their lifestyle. So they're going to have to uh, have some sort of invested interest in this outcome. You get what I'm saying? I do. And again, not just invested interest, but also invested responsibility and liability. Right. If they exactly. mess up with this hand-tailored uh, if they don't take these drugs as as advised, uh, it may right. limit their their recourse. Well, the, then the failure's on them. See, yep. so so the patient's going to feel like they no longer are number, and they may like this tailored attention, but unfortunately, it appears that it's all just this new spin on you know the treatment for symptom reduction and really not curing the condition. Yep. And really, why would health the healthcare industry want to kill off the goose? that lays the golden egg and cure everyone. And that's the point. They don't and they won't, but they will make patients think the therapies are putting them on the path to a cure. And you got to keep in mind now that drug side effects are the leading cause of hospital admissions in the United States and scientific healthcare. Yeah. Scientific healthcare can't afford to part with the money. The drug side effects generate. 
So um, rebranding healthcare can put more attention on the patient's lifestyle and environment, you know, treating the whole patient, but it's not really going to be like a naturopathic approach or, you know, where they treat the whole patient and not just one section. Because if you look at the big picture, when you do that, like naturopaths do, they also educate the person on how to take, take better care of themselves and how to avoid the disease in the future. And scientific medicine can't afford a healthcare system that treats the cause of, that, you know, cannot just treat the cause of disease, uh, but rebranding will make the patients think that they're going to get a cure. So that's, that's what they're going to allow them to think. But let me read you this perspective real quick, if I got time from the Wall Street yeah, Journal. Yeah, we got five minutes or four more minutes. So. Okay, so um, this was in the Wall Street Journal. It was published in 2014, Why Doctors Are Sick of Their Profession. Uh, physicians in their 40s and 50s were admitting that when it comes to their profession, they are impatient, indifferent, dismissive, and 50% feel they're adequately compensated, yet they're not satisfied. So what doctors are feeling, Al, is the... Uh, status loss of their profession. Doctors were once pillars of the community during the 40s to the 1970s, and they're not so much anymore. And a lot of that is, you know, people, uh, the whole the whole industry is, you know, racked with, uh, you know, moral immoral issues. Uh, there's fraudulent reports. And so people are noticing this. And there's this heavy burden also encroaching uh, the whole medical system, the bureaucracy of the Affordable Care Act, professional burnout, the low morale, and we touched on that the other week. And also, um, professional debt is at the top of the list why doctors are unhappy. According to a 2012 Limpicott, Williams, and Wilkins Medscape graph, in the 1970s, about 72% of doctors graduated medical school with less than 20000 in debt. But in 2010, the numbers jumped to 86% of graduates owning 160000 in debt, which was higher than their annual income. Yeah. And according to a Gallup poll that was published also in the Wall Street Journal, um, since the 70s, the medical professionals seemed to display a noticeable flat line in the public's ethical confidence, roughly about 56%. So the public doesn't have the confidence in the industry that they once had. So I think the whole industry is in trouble. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think naturopaths and herbalists, they do look at the big picture. They tend to address the cause of the problem, which almost always tends to be a lack of nutrition and a buildup of toxins. It really is. It's a, it's the big, you know, aha moment for a lot of people. So oh, toxin removal lifts that metabolic cellular burden off your system. So it allows it to use the nutrition to, nutrition to regenerate. So if you're not making progress, it's because you've probably got a lot of toxins blocking your progress. So that's why when I was in herb school, I knew that the cleanse and nourish approach with the organ cleansing and the immune boosting and putting in your organic nutrition was the way to go. And it really cures, really cures all internal medicine disease. It really does. Well, I think I'm going to guess that in addition to cleansing, if you're the kind of person who's going to do cleansing in the first place, you're almost certainly going to be more nutritionally conscious. And you're going to be oh, more yeah. conscious about your exercise, and a bunch of factors are going to come in. It's part of a lifestyle choice. Yeah, it's really not a diet. Very a diet's temporary. Yeah, diet's temporary. Lifestyle's permanent. So, you know, it's you don't want to repollute the whole body once you clean it up. So it, everybody's switching over. Um, I've got young adults at home that notice them when 
they skip that junk food or that fast food, they yep. feel better. They feel yep. better. Well, you so know, if you've I, got 60% of the people who are getting her prescriptions from doctors and they're not taking uh, the prescriptions, right? those people should be a market for your product and the lifestyle that's associated with your product. they got brains. Well, and I'm not taking any more of that stuff. It's going to make me Well, sick. and the other thing that's upsetting people is, you mean i got to take this the rest of my life? Yeah. You know, they're noticing that, okay, this is just a Band-Aid on a problem. Why can't you fix my problem? And not yeah. only that, they're probably also noticing the price. <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. They're not giving those pills away. Say, here, take one of these a day, and it'll cost you a dime a day. Well, okay. I don't think you're going to get a dime a day on most of those pills. You're going to get a bunch, you know, I don't know what you're going to be paying, but it, it's a substantial sum for a lot of people. So why don't you give us a little contact information, Wendy? Sure. Um, folks can call for a free product catalog. The number's toll-free at 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. Or they can visit our store online, thepowerherbs.com. Thanks, Al. Always a pleasure. All right, Wendy. Thank you. Uh, it's Wendy Wilson from thepowerherbs.com at 866-229-3663. Wendy will be back next week on The Unforeseen, and we're going to take a break for some commercials. And when we come back, Rob West should be joining us from RME Financial Advisors. Please stay tuned. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. 
For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Adisk here on Financial Survival. Melody Cedarstrom has returned. So, Melody, will. what's next, Melody? Well, I'd like to remind listeners to make sure you get to our website, dgscoins.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. It comes out on Monday. And, of course, you can listen to these radio programs. They are archived. And uh, you can also listen live. So uh, get to the website, dgscoins.com. And I also want to thank a, a listener, um, you know, it's not that we get it once, you know, once in a while, good people out there send us, well, I hope I said that right, send us uh, donations for the program. They send us uh, money and tell us to apply it to the uh, radio stations. And I want to thank uh, Darlene for sending us a donation. And uh, because we, we don't do any type of money bombs, we don't do any advertising uh, to pay for the radio programs. Uh, we do that all through the purchases of uh, gold and silver. I believe that strongly in the importance of owning gold and silver in your portfolio. And I've believed in strongly of education on why you need to own gold and silver. It's just not about the prices. It's just not about gold going to 3000 or 5000 It's not about silver going to 50 100 or plus. I mean, yes, that's important. It's exciting. It gets you motivated. Uh, but there's, there's so much more to the gold and silver in the scheme of things. And I, I think we're certainly going to see it play out no matter who gets elected. And uh, because we have a monetary uh, policy problem. We have a fiat currency. And once we moved over to that system, uh, it's only going to play out one way until yeah. it changes. So um, 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. And I would like to welcome Rob West, Senior uh, Financial Strategist uh, from RME Advisors. Good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon, Melody. <clears throat> Hello, Al. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Rob? Uh, all's good here in Colorado. All's good. Um, well, it should just... be. It should be, Rob. You got. You have pot there. <laughs> See, yeah, legal. I think that's... legal. Legal. Legal yeah. pot. Yeah. <laughs> that's how Bernie got his votes. Well, put a put a pot in every chicken. Um, Going to change the political philosophy a little bit, but, uh, you know, same idea, same number of words to just reverse them. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, I understand. For, what do you have for us today, Rob? 
I'm just noticing um, just today it came across some news services I watch. There's an analyst, the gold uh, metals analyst. Uh, her name is Louise uh, Yamada. And uh, she has her own analytical service. But uh, just, I think, within the last 12 hours, her figures came out, both short and intermediate term, to be very bullish on gold. So it might be, uh, I rarely am one that follows technical things when we have all these interesting fundamental things to, to, to view. But I just thought that was interesting, and it had a lot to do with the uh, moving averages staying above 1,200. Uh, peaking towards 1250 and then the strength that's been in there for a period of time. So I think the next technical mark that I understand is uh, uh, important. And Melody, you can uh, lead on into this. Uh, I think it's around 1300 if, uh, for anybody that's a technician. But um, why, why price your insurance relative to a technical mark? You know, that's, that's always been my theory. But um, I, I think gold and silver is much more of a spending power insurance move than it is anything to be a gold and silver trading move. So Absolutely. when you, when you say that you don't, you're not, you're not, you don't follow the technical charts particularly. Why is that? I, I think I already know the na answer, but I'm just asking for the sake of the audience. If I'm understanding correctly that you don't pay much attention to the charts. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it bring, Technical analysis is where you can put people in a room with no windows and no doors, and they'll follow charts and graphs and come up with patterns that worked in the past, and therefore this is what they expect for the future. But a fundamentalist needs the windows up and the doors, and if the sun's out, it's daytime. If it's not out, it's nighttime. You know, just a little bit different analysis, and I think. I haven't been a trader for a long, long time, but a combination of both of those things uh, can make for a good trader. But like I say, the gold and silver that I feel is a lot more appropriate for most everyone is the buy and hold for the insurance aspect. And it's exactly why the major Wall Street money isn't emphasizing any of this because they, quite frankly, want to control your money either for trading purposes or to put a management fee, um, make you feel important so you have a lot of interesting things to talk about with your golfing buddies or whatever. But uh, gold and silver stored in an IRA account and kept can be traded or if you own it at home. I mean, it's there for you to, to have for your insurance purposes. And uh, so many people just... Uh, I think I'm going to tell you what the Wall Street guys aren't going to tell you that. And I, I spent plenty of time there, <laughs> and uh, fortunately, a lot of the time I spent there. <laughs> Do you, you get know, a tattoo? I, Do you get a tattoo with teardrops or anything like that for one teardrop for every five years? Um, well, I got scars, maybe, but all right, um, physical or but, emotional, <laughs> intellectual. Um, I didn't fall down any steps or anything, but uh, right. I'm intellectually I'm I'm much better prepared to move forward in this next decade than I have been in the past uh, for a lot of reasons. But um, well, you, you uh, know, you make an interesting analogy when you say that the the technical analysis takes place in a closed room where they pass out these charts 
and people eventually agree that this is what's going to happen. And the fundamentals are about having the windows open where you look outside and you see here's what's really going on. And I think that's got to be part of the mindset where you're saying, bad that you're better prepared now than you were perhaps in the past. I'm going to guess that you're better prepared because you're paying more attention to fundamentals than you are charts. Is that, is that am I roughly correct? I do for sure. And uh, Melanie and I have talked before, and I think she'll re-agree with this, that <clears throat> once you have your house in order, I mean, in order to build a house, you start with spec. You know, somebody would usually be, uh, they would draw all the plans and get a good foundation. And so many people have a hard time even getting to the good foundation part. And wouldn't you agree, Melody, that, that the foundation for your financial the rest of your financial house should be the insurance elements and knowing good people in the business that keeps you informed. But once you get the foundation built, you're not going to, and you want to have it well insured. There's no reason for you to trade. And then if you're, you know, know, I mean, to become a trader and make profit and all that, folks, they forget like, you know, now you take a lot more risk to do other things. But you usually have April 15th to mess around with, you know, and the risk on top of taxation and all that. And if your house isn't properly built with good foundational insurance, I just think as a planner, I would be giving you a huge disservice not to suggest. If it takes a few years to get that going before you want to be an investor, so to speak, super. But once you get it done, you feel so much better. Don't you think, Melody? I heard that so many times over the years that once folks get their foundation built on their homes, which is their gold and silver, that they put it away and they forget about it and they can actually go and live life a little bit. They don't follow the markets on a day-to-day basis. And you're right about Wall Street. They do want to control and they need to trade. That's how they make their money. That's why they don't like gold. And a lot of times you see these trades, even if you follow the charts and so forth, you might see these odd trades and it's like, well, gee, why why would they do that? Or why does this one uh, stock have so many you know, trades when it only moves a penny or two? And it's like, well, number one, they have to trade. Number two, there's billions of dollars that are controlling that trade, and they make millions in the process. So charts can't reflect that anymore. And that's what I think when it comes to charts, to me, they're talking points. I do believe as you see something move like gold, we do look at resistant levels. We look at, uh, you know, the technical levels. As, uh, to me, I look at it as maybe as momentum to see exactly what is happening to the, to the market. Just like I look at the, the, the certified $20 gold pieces, the collectible coins. That, that gives me a, a, an idea of momentum of the market. Uh, because there's such a limited supply of those, it affects the, the 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 supply of them when demand is high, and we'll see prices rise. So I know there's a good you know there's a good chunk of people across the nation, not just here at Discount Gold and Silver, but what the industry is doing as a whole to give me an idea of the momentum. So it's the same thing when we see the 1250 and the 1300 for gold. I would like to see gold close above 1250 a couple of times. Then I believe we'll get the next leg up to 13. So, and I do believe 1300 is also a very important number. Uh, but yeah, markets are rigged. Charts, what do they mean anymore? Except keeps people busy and uh, keeps people uh, getting paid. <laughs> 
Well, you, you said something uh, interesting there. Uh, I, I'll get past that getting paid thing here in a minute, but uh, uh, Al, I think you would agree with this as well. Melody, what you were mentioning uh, may have slipped by a lot of listeners in that um, you know what you have, so to speak. I mean, okay, you have a really good handle on how much gold and silver comes out of the ground every year and where it comes from. You, I'm telling you, you don't have that in the world of financial products at all. And just to compare the asset classes, it just makes me feel so much more comfortable to tell people to get this put away. Look, if it's you know 1237 right now and you're going to – no, don't wait till it's going to be 1231. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. No. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, but when if you overall look at the risk of everything – uh, particularly if you're within inside of an account and you're at the end of the year, you're, you know, got these guys that make money, uh, <laughs> make a lot of money selling their newsletters to tell you how to plan your taxes for the end of the year so you can swap your gains against your losses. Uh, I've done that so many times, I don't even want to think about it anymore. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're in the right spot, I think. But uh, when you give... Of, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's just when I see the charts, well, I I just understood uh, last month, in, uh, or no, in January, um, Russia picked up another 700,000 ounces of gold. As uh, I saw that on the January 16th article. <clears throat> Between China and Russia, you know, and I think the first, Melody, you could help with this, but India is a big buyer too. But if I looked at a pie chart, it looked like the United States had about a third of all the gold. Well, who would know? Because they won't let anybody audit it, you know. But if these other countries are buying it up as much as they are, given all the conditions that you and I read about, and you know the Donald Trump bump and whatever might be going on. I mean, the value of gold, why would they, their central banks be banking so much of it right now? I mean, that's... When you talk about a third of the gold being in the United States, or do you mm -hmm. think we're counting only physical gold, or, they only, or, or, or is this confused with paper gold? No, uh, the things I were reading was indicating physical, okay. and... You know, to explain a little to the listeners about the paper gold, it's, you know, the ETFs and the contract for delivery and all that, you know, exchange-traded funds, they're you, supposed to, to buy up and, and keep on reserve relative to the amount of people that invest in their ETF and how many shares they buy. But you're still not able to look at it. It isn't an insured account, and it's not a regulated account, so you don't even know if they have it. Yeah. That's what Bob Chapman always used to say. <laughs> you don't know that they have it. Yep. And odds are they, they don't. They say they have it, and people are willing to take that, uh, take that statement as true, and that's a problem. All right? That gives, that gives governments great power. It gives hustlers great power. People are, try are inclined to trust and believe people's statements, and if you're dealing with someone who's unethical, you can be fooled and you can be deceived. Let me ask you this about in, about 
your business at RME, uh, when you make, when you provide financial advice to someone, what time frame do you generally provide? Do you give them financial advice or what do you have to do from now until Friday next week? Or is it till the end of the year? Or is it for five, ten years down the road? What do you what do you view as financial advice? Well, I think our methodology, and primarily I'm the lead uh, strategist. Uh, you know, Sherry Peterson, my partner in Maryland, our office manager, and they have some other functions with our company. But um, I'm like Melody, and she'll go over this. She does every time with every person. I think when she and when I refer people to her. Is it? What, let's first start. What you're trying? What's your objective? And if you have short and intermediate term things, let's know about those first before we start building that whole shore of the foundation for long term. Because I wouldn't be doing a good job with them if. Well, yeah, I got you know, sixty thousand. I want to put in gold. Boy, that sounds great. If, if I was one of the brokers in the bullpen, I'd just be loving that one. And I just take you to the, some of the best stuff I thought I could make a good buck with. No, 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 no. Okay, how oh, that's 60. When do you think you might need that? Well, that's my son's education money. Well, how old is he? Well, he's a sophomore in, the, in, high, in high school. But I want to make a lot of money between now and the next three years. Maybe not a good idea, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe for a little bit. But I understand what you're saying, and that's really important. And uh, good, experienced people will ask, those types of questions, and uh, and as and Melly, I, I know you know it's really important that you know those too, even though you, you're. You know, we sometimes joked about uh, some of my adventures in Wall Street and well, uh, let's, some let's of the things I've for, seen. Let's let's break for a moment right now, Robin. We're going to take some commercials and we'll talk about adventures in Wall Street when we return with Rob West from RME Financial Advisors. Please stay tuned. mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? 
Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adister with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival, and our guest is Rob West from RMA Financial Advisors. He is the chief investment strategist. And when we broke, Rob mentioned something about adventures on Wall Street. Is that something you wanted to to fill in on, or? Well, I'll shorten it from a a couple of decades into. <clears throat> Melody and I were talking the other day, and. Uh, um, some information came my way that um, some people have heard about the speech that was given by Hillary Clinton to Goldman Sachs, and it was apparently leaked. And yep. uh, <clears throat> so it's, it's very hard to authenticate. That's really, but I happened to find a copy of it, and I was going through it, and I was thinking, man, if she didn't write it. I mean, I've been to those meetings before, and that was back in the 80s. And because I was one of the few certified financial planners back then that worked for Wall Street firms. So I got invited to a lot of meetings in New York, in Boston in particular. And I'm telling you, the behavior of those guys was not what you would think that's what your broker would be like um, because of, well, it just wasn't. And so when I was reading that transcript and how they thought of people, they look at you as pockets of money running around for which they can make a deal and make money on it. And maybe you will too, but if you don't, it really doesn't matter. And it's gotten worse from that. And uh, so I was just telling her, if information like that would be known, people would not be so hesitant if they haven't built their foundation well, they wouldn't be that hesitant right now to really explore it because we have, this has been going on for a long time and now we're seeing these things come out during the debates and with the election and all that. And I'm telling you folks, the financial world out there ain't what you're thinking and the people that are running the show, that they got us hoodwinked by thinking what we do between the parties and uh, you can just see things through the lines uh, if, if, you, if you're used to reading it. And I know, how you're very good at doing that, and Melody is as well. But uh, we seriously have some issues, and it, it's going to take some time to work through it. And you really need to have your financial um, purchasing power uh, private 
and insured. And uh, I mean, you really, really do. But <clears throat> I'm I'm not a financial advisor anymore, as it would seem to indicate when you introduced me, Al, which I appreciate. But I'm a financial strategist. Um, okay. I had many years as a certified financial planner, registered investment advisor, stockbroker, and uh, but I just don't do that anymore. But I certainly offer up any information I can to help people get on track, and it's all for free. And I am working on a book, and I would love to have some participation when it gets ready. But uh, email me or call me, and I would be happy to share with you some experiences um, that I just think it's important for people to know. But uh, So you were a wolf on Wall Street, Rob. <laughs> you mentioned that before. And I <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but I was proving some things because I was told I wouldn't make it in the business back then. And uh, I ended up being, I resigned as a vice president of a large firm. And uh, E.F. Hutton was really sorry they made a mistake and didn't hire me. (laughs) But I did become an expert witness for him in court a few times. But uh, it's a whole different world that people just really don't understand. And and uh, and and you wouldn't, and it's designed that way. And I'm telling you, it's much better designed now than it was back then. Uh, but you just need to get to know Melody and people like her, and listen to her show and listen to Hal's show. Because there's some very good information out there, and um, I just think that's why we're in the financial education business. You know, we're just like you said earlier on, Melody. I mean, it's about the education of this stuff, don't you think? Absolutely. Here's something that's a little bit educational, or at least it's interesting to contemplate. This is from a a newsletter by Simon Black, Sovereign Man, uh, newsletter that just came out today. And the the title of the article was, Did You See Warren Buffett's Proclamation About Social Security? Uh, So the subject is Warren Buffett made some comments on Social Security, and Simon Black took off with his thing. But here's what interested me about it. According to Simon Black, he says Social Security's recent annual report states that its shortfall is at least $42 trillion. This liability is staggering. To put that number in context, even if Warren Buffett gave the entirety of his $66 billion fortune to Social Security, he would only be able to plug the gap for a whopping 43 days. Now, this is, this is interesting because the federal government claims the national debt, as we all know, is about $19 trillion right now. But then they come out and admit in their Social Security uh, report, their annual report, according to Simon Black, says, oh, the national debt's $19 trillion, but Social Security, the Social Security shortfall is $42 trillion. That's twice the size of the claimed national debt. Now, doesn't this tell us that the total debt owed by the federal government is closer to $100 trillion, as claimed by John Williams at shadowstats.com, or even over $200 trillion, as uh, claimed by the Congressional Budget Office and economist Lawrence uh, Kotlikoff? Uh, isn't it closer to that than it is to the $19 trillion? And what are the implications of this? You know, we sit back, this year's, they talk about 
they compare later on in the article, it says the system is beyond repair. And to presume that all of Social Security's promises can be honored is simply insane. Not only did Uncle Sam post an even greater level of insolvency than the year before at minus uh, $18 trillion. Here's what, he's, here's what they're talking about. This sentence isn't too coherent. But what they're saying that last year, they said that the total shortfall at Social Security was $18 trillion. This year, they say it's $42 trillion. All right? More than double what it was last year. Now, how can that be? Was the $18 trillion a debt uh, hidden in last year's, from last year's auditors? Was it overlooked? Did they just, oh, how about that? There's $18 trillion. We, we overlooked that. Um, in just the last 12 months, what persuaded the government to admit the existence of another $24 trillion in debt? Right? Now, this is an interesting question. They went from $18 trillion to $42 trillion in 12 months. Now, I know the debt didn't go up that much. That means they are revealing more debt. That's what happened. They're telling us, oh, we've got another $24 trillion to, to reveal here. Why did they do that? I'm wondering if it could be that the government is anticipating some sort of a bankruptcy and therefore wants to admit all of its debts now, get them all out in the, in the open, so they can be rendered void in bankruptcy. I, th- I understand that's an unlikely probability, but it crosses my mind. Does any of that make sense to you, Rob? Well, it's, it's hard to quantit- put a quantitative amount of exposure, particularly on that Social Security. And uh, some some years back, one of the majors uh, in at, I had at Ohio State University was insurance and risk. And I was part of a team that wrote a large paper similar to a thesis, but we weren't in grad school, on the security or insecurity of Social Security. And it's quite frankly a, a put-and-take trust fund. And, a, and at times, I believe there are excesses there, but the excess gets um, borrowed and IOUs get substituted. But it's a moving figure because of the population differences. And you've noticed a, a number of immigrants or illegals actually come in and they get certain benefits that they didn't have 10 years ago. They weren't even here. So the demand on that particular fund, which is not a fund, it's a put and take account, it's always going to be a moving number. But I think they've moved it out so far, it might be impossible to think what it might be if somebody had to write a check to back it up right now for today. So if you went to an insurance carrier and would take out a, a life annuity, they would give you a, a figure based on the statistical life expectancy of a particular person or group of people and they keep adding people to that statistic and people are living longer and I mean I would just be very very difficult to do but I would say Al and Melody you would agree I believe as well we are in trouble that's for darn sure but I uh, that's another reason why financial education is so important get things put in order Buy some of your shirts and 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 uh, different clothes and that at Goodwill. You don't have to go pay, you know, $66 for a pair of jeans. You know, they're going to be used by the time you wash them anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, get, have a little more common sense and then take your money and get your foundation built. 
get take your money and and develop a strategy on how to do that. Start with me, end up with Melody, you know. Uh, but you're right, Al. That's a scary, scary statistic. And maybe somebody that's paid to crunch numbers are setting things up for a major announcement for some other default or bail in, bail out, or for some other. Keep in mind, we don't have a shortage of money because there's no control of how much they print. It's just the purchasing power of it. Yeah. So I, I have a 100, actually Sherry has it, it's a $100 trillion bill from Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those too. Yeah. Oh, you can get about a half a loaf of bread with it. We're $200 you know. trillion dollar rich. See? Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. They're gonna, the IRS is going to be coming. And they're going to they said you said it. Oh, what's, hey, we're richer tax? than Trump. What's the tax on $200 trillion? I, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, it's just really a lot of fun to work with you guys. And Melody, are there any specials going on or anything that, uh, you know, to celebrate uh, getting through uh, what, uh, what, what, did it call, what did they call Tuesday? Um, Leap year. We, well, we've had super fun. <laughs> super uh, Tuesday after Leap, Leap Year 29th or something. Mm-hmm. But, well, every day we had. Everything we have here is a special, Rob. Every all the time, our numbers are super, and I uh, haven't. Uh, we ran one yesterday on a commemorative coin, uh, Mark Twain, a gold and silver proof coin. They're just a, it, was, it, it, it was a, a it is a novelty. I wouldn't purchase one for. Uh, you know, long-term investing in gold and silver, but they make wonderful gifts, and I just came across some, and uh, I thought I would offer them. But we always have the $5 AU Liberty gold pieces. I always think they're a great coin. They're one of my favorites for fractional pieces. Uh, we sold a number of uh, uh, Mint State 63 $10 Indian gold pieces. We were running that as a special uh, with a free silver eagle on, which, on each coin that they purchased. And uh, that is still going on. So, but folks got to pick up the phone and give us a call at 800-375-4188. We'll always adjust our our prices. And, you know, we we still do things the old-fashioned way. We want to talk to the clients. We don't do online selling, never have. Um, You know, we post coins up there so people can get an idea of the various products that are there for investment. Um, So, we shake hands, you know, we don't record people, uh, we don't take your credit card uh, just to lock in prices. So it is the old-fashioned way. I know the venues that I advertise on, and I know the people um, that we um, have received over the years. And, you know, you know what, Rob, in, in over 20 years, I've never had a check go bad. And I don't think there's any business in this country that could say the same thing. Mm-hmm. you know, that uh, do a large amount of business on checks. So mm-hmm. we got a great clientele, and uh, uh, it's time to get off the uh, fence. It's also For time sure. to get off the radio program. We're going to have to give Rob, you got about 10 seconds, Rob, give folks some contact information where they can reach you. Phone or text, uh, 303. Whatever floats your boat. No, uh, this is both, phone and text. Oh. 303-472-0531. Mountain Time in uh, Colorado, and we're just, uh, Sherry and I are just happy to be part of your show from time to time and share some financial education, and call me anytime. My information is free. 
All right, Rob, thanks very much. Thank you. We're out of time, folks. Uh, Melody and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Rob West, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Since the beginning of the United States, Kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. 
Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Good afternoon. I am your host, Jay Shanahan, and this is the Condition Critical Show, and you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. It is Wednesday. I almost said Tuesday, but it is Wednesday. In fact, it is the 2nd of March, 2016, about four minutes past the hour. Yes, this is uh, my new format. As uh, you all know, I didn't do my live show yesterday. This is going to be, going forward, the new format where I will be live on Wednesdays and today. Now, buckle up, guys, because I'm going to attempt to do two hours. And uh, before I came on the air, uh, Frank was encouraging me greatly. So, and he was pumping me up and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, and that's going to work out real good, I think. So, and I appreciate that, uh, Frank. I wanna, just wanted to say that on the air. Okay. Well, you are listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. So, you can go to the AmericanVoiceRadio.com or... AmericanVoiceRadio.com, that's the website for this network. And you can do a whole bunch of things there. Namely, you get into the chat room. And I'm in there at the moment. And there's a few people in there right now as well. That's a good way to contact me during the show if I manage to pay attention and see what's going on. But either way, it's a good way to kind of interact uh, during the broadcast. Or you can call in 1-800-932-1980. That's another good way to communicate uh, with me during the broadcast. And in fact, that might be something that someone may want to do maybe in the second hour. I do have a lot to cover, so uh, I don't think I'm going to have any problems covering it. It's just uh, this is going to be new. I, I understood right off the bat that it was going to be somewhat of a big bite, but um, hey, I'm willing to do it because I have a lot to say. So let me just, uh, before I start off with the day, uh, let me post my website, Condition Critical Show, uh, into the chat room. You can go there. Uh, I have a blog. I work on it often. I haven't posted anything new since we last spoke. I am working on something uh, that hopefully will be finished later this evening, so you can check it out. There's also a donate button on my website. 
uh, on the uh, blog page. You can scroll down and see it. And that is there, obviously, for donations because anything would help, and I would appreciate that. So uh, now uh, there is a donate link for this network, America Voice Radio, and I'm posting that right now. There it is. So there's my website, Condition Critical Show. Please visit it, and then you have the donate link for this website. Uh, donate $5. Frank would appreciate it, as would the rest of us. Okay. So where to start off? Now I'm going to do something a little bit, just a little bit different, uh, uh, starting off. Be, uh, as promised, and uh, I see Nunya in the chat room. I don't know if he's listening. But as promised uh, last week, I said I was going to get into just what is, and and, and this is, this is a bit of a disclaimer. This is kind of my opinion, but at the same time, I believe it to be fact. And that is what is an Army Ranger, because you get a lot of, well, certainly I do, uh, get a lot of questions about it. And there is a bit of contention uh, amongst people, some people out there. For instance, and, and I looked for it and couldn't find it, uh, there was an Army general, and this was a, probably a couple of years ago. He had said something you know how they do. They lie about their service record or something. And he had said something, right? And I, I don't remember the specifics offhand, right? But he got caught. So he had to come out and, like, make an apology, right? As somebody said, hey, uh, dude, uh, you kind of, you're embarrassing us. You need to go out and make this right. You need to apologize. But in doing so, he lied again. And that part I remember. Because I don't remember the first part, what he lied about. But then he came out in his apology and said, well, I wasn't this and I wasn't that and I apologize, but, uh, but I was an Airborne Ranger. And so I looked into it and he was never, he never served in a Ranger battalion. He did go to Ranger school and therein lies the uh, complications, if you will, or the confusion. And so I'll start off with that. Uh, just because you go to Ranger school does not make you an Army Ranger. That's and that's a very that's a very strong opinion of my own. Uh, but now, at the same time, that is uh, it is that is believed, you know, by others as well, not just me. That's strong opinion. So now, the confusion or the the complication is okay. So then, Jay, what is an Army Ranger? Well, see, back when I was in, there were there were only two Ranger battalions. There was the first battalion of which I served. That's at Hunter Army Airfield in Georgia. It's in Savannah, Georgia. It is basically an outcrop of Fort Stewart, although it's about, as I remember, about 25 miles away from Fort Stewart. Uh, that is Hunter Army Airfield. The second Ranger Battalion is located right over here, uh, just across the freeway from where I live right now uh, at Fort Lewis, what they call now Joint Base Lewis-McChord. That is the second battalion. And then just before I got out of the Army, the 3rd Battalion was formed, and I, I happened to uh, have been there. They picked a company from each from the other two Ranger Battalions to go to this ceremony, and it was quite a big ceremony to basically, uh, uh, you know, indoctrinate or whatever to introduce, you know, this, the 3rd Ranger Battalion, and it was, it was in a pretty special event, and I was honored to be there. But anyway, that, the 3rd Ranger Battalion, is located at Fort Benning, Georgia. So those are rangers. Those are what I would consider to be real army rangers. There's somebody, those are guys that serve in a ranger unit. And when they get deployed on missions, uh, those missions are ranger missions all the time. And now 
when you get to the Ranger Battalion, you're, you're not automatically Ranger qualified as far as getting the Ranger tab goes. That's just an award. The Ranger tab is just an award. And you can spend anywhere from a year to, to three years sometimes. It just depends. Uh, now, I don't know how it is now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that it's probably the same. Uh, back when I was in, like I said, there were only the two battalions at first. And so each battalion back then, as I remember, as I recall, only got either 10 or 15 slots. And it might have even been less than that per Ranger class. Because the rest of it is for basically ROTC, West Pointers, officers, because it's a leadership school. And, and also uh, foreign officers. Like there, were, uh, there was a Jamaican lieutenant who failed my class because he, he was a piece of crap. And there was a couple of English uh, Air Force captains, as I remember. I don't recall, obviously, everybody. But the point is, like I say, Ranger School is just a, it's a leadership school. It's one of the, it's the highest, the best leadership school in the entire uh, service, actually. And so that's what it's for. And so when you graduate, you get the Ranger tab. And after you get the Ranger tab, after you graduate Ranger School, most of those people, like I said, they're officers, they're going to go to a unit somewhere like 82nd Airborne or some, you know, mechanized infantry division, whatever. I mean, they could be a cook. They could be any number of things, really, and they go back to their units. That does not, like I said, that in my opinion, and it's a strong one, that does not make them an Army Ranger. Because when they, let's say, you know, let's just say Lieutenant, you know, Brown gets sent back to call it the 82nd Airborne. Now, when he gets deployed with the 82nd Airborne, he's doing 82nd Airborne type missions. He's not doing Ranger type missions. Okay. And that is, there is an important distinction there because Ranger units deploy, in, you know, in at the very largest, a battalion size element, but, uh, but mostly they, they, they deploy in elements that are much, much smaller than that. Uh, even smaller than company size elements, mostly. And, and so it's just important to understand because, like I said, it came up, and, and I get it a lot. Uh, you know, somebody will say, hey, I, I know an Army Ranger, and I'll go, yeah, what, what battalion does he serve in? Or, you know, and, 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 and then somebody will say, well, he's at, uh, you know, he's with the 101st, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, well, then he, he's not a, that's, that's not a Ranger unit. And, and, and that, I, you know, I don't mean that, you know, to offend and, and, or anything like that to when someone says that, and that's kind of basically what came up last week. So I just kind of wanted to clear that up because um, it's important to me because I, I, done, I actually did it. I served, and I'm proud to have served. And actually my older brother for a time served in the battalion with me. Uh, he was in a different company. He was in Charlie Company. When I first got to uh, Ranger Battalion, uh, this would have been, trying to remember back, this would have been, late spring of 1983 when i got to hunter army airfield here's how it works uh you know and this is for anybody not just infantrymen because i wasn't i didn't have an infantry mos i was a radio operator and there's only a bit of a difference when you get the battalion when you don't because they automatically they automatically you know change your primary mos to infantry obviously and then your secondary mos is what it is although most people that serve in a ranger battalion are in fact 11 bravos which is infantrymen so but how it works is you know you go to uh, basic training i went to fort jackson because i wasn't infantry infantrymen go to fort manning and then you go to ait 
Now, I was a radio operator, so off to Fort Gordon, Georgia, I go to get to, for radio school, and you get through that. And then after that, uh, you have to be airborne qualified, so you go right to jump school, which is at Fort Benning. Now, this uh, is a bit easier for infantrymen because they do everything right at Fort Benning. They do their basic there, and then their AIT, they never even leave the compound, essentially, where they do basic training. Their AIT is just a continuation, basically, of of uh, basic training because they're infantrymen, and then they just move across base to the jump school and so forth, okay? And then after jump school, uh, you go to your ranger battalion, but you don't report directly to the head, like to, to battalion headquarters. You report to, back then, each battalion, and again, there were only two when I got there, uh, you do what's called RIP, which is uh, the acronym RIP for Ranger Indoctrination Program, and that could last anywhere from, you know, six weeks to 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 double that it just depends on like when i got there they they didn't want to start the class off right away because there was only like five of us and they thought well that's not enough people so they just said well we're just gonna we'll wait you know and and so they punished us for like three weeks until and then a whole bunch of people showed up it was and then you know you go through rip and it's very hard and um, and most don't make it it's, it's harder than ranger school it's very difficult and then after you then then and only then so let me go back just a bit though uh, because it, this is, and I have a bit of a, I have a bit of time here. Yeah. Before break. So, uh, and I just, anyway, I just thought this would be interesting for you to maybe get a, a feel for how things worked and probably still work. Uh, so after jump school now, now, you know, that's at Fort Benning, uh, after jump school, you graduate jump school and there's jump school classes are very large. Uh, there's over a hundred people in a jump school class. And so they're very large. And so and then you graduate, and there's a bit of attrition there, a bit. It's not really that difficult of a school because you're kind of doing something kind of important, like jumping out of an airplane. So, yeah, they kind of punish you a little bit, but they, they don't want to really abuse you too much because they don't want anything, you know, they don't want to be responsible for you, you know, really fouling up because, you know, it could mean life and death. And that's just my how I looked at it. It was, it was hard. It was somewhat difficult, you know, physically. They run you a lot. Uh, and, and things like that. And there's some PT, a lot of PT, personal training. It's for those who served in the military, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, after you graduate, uh, this is what happened. This is what I experienced after graduation. So, you know, you get your jump wings and there's a ceremony and then you get dismissed and, you know, you're, you're like basically awaiting orders. But the people, there was the, the vast majority of the people that, that graduate uh, jump school, at least back when I was in, were, were going to like the 82nd Airborne. And so now there was this mob, vast amount of these, these guys, right, wearing their maroon berets, red berets, whatever you want to call them, because they were going to the 82nd Airborne. Okay. And then there was a, a much, much, much fewer men that were going special forces. And they had their green berets on. You can obviously pick them out. And there was as I remember, maybe a dozen of them, right? And then there was me. Then there was, actually, no, there was, I was the only one going the 1st Battalion, and there was about maybe three or four guys, or maybe five guys, as I remember, going to 2nd Battalion. Well, we didn't get to wear the Black Beret, see, because before the graduation, the Ranger liaison, who was a staff sergeant, as I remember, and he was a mean-looking dude, he came up to us and had asked who's going to a Ranger Battalion, and we kind of raised our hands, and he came over and addressed us and said if he, had, if he saw us wearing a black beret, if he even knew, knew that we even owned one, he would make it his personal mission for us to never serve in a range battalion because we're not rangers. And he said, I, so I don't want to see it. 
And he asked if we understood and we're like, uh, yeah, yeah. And so that's how it works. That's how, that's how special the black beret was back then. And, and now it's a tan brain and maybe I'll get into all that. Uh, so anyway, now you go to your battalion essentially. And again, uh, I was going to the first battalion. So you report to Fort Stewart and that's, you know, in Georgia, like I said, now the battalions at Hunter army airfield. And, uh, so you report into the uh, reception station there and then they call the battalion and it was, it took like a couple of days, uh, and then two ranger instructors came and, and shagged me, if you will, and took me to Hunter Army Airfield to the other side of the base where the RIP compound was. And it was the same thing then. There was, now, we wore sterile fatigues, if you know what that means. No insignia, no rank, nothing like that. Nothing to, uh, and, and no, no jungle fatigues. The, the, uh, the fatigues of the day, like the, uh, back then, now they call them, I think, ACUs. Back then they were called BDUs, Battle Dress Uniform, Standard Army Issue, and that's what you wore. You didn't wear the jungle fatigues like the, the Rangers wore back then. You didn't wear the jungle boots like the Rangers wore. You did everything regular Army because you weren't still, you just weren't a Ranger. I mean, yet you had to pass RIP, and obviously I did. And then after you, uh, after, uh, you graduate RIP, then... And it's a big deal. Then you get your ranger, uh, you know, your regular jungle fatigues and jungle boots, and you get to take them over to, uh, I forget the, uh, the, the place now. It's been so long. Uh, basically like the tailor. Maybe Frank can remember the, these. I forget what they call them. You get your, your rank and your, uh, your unit patch, which it was a, the 1st Battalion's uh, scroll back then. It's different now. It's a little bit, it's a little bit different now than it, than it uh than it was back then. And then, you know, of course you get your beret and then you go off to, uh, to whatever company needs you that you're just filling, you know, you know, slots essentially. And there was in my rip class, again, most people are automatic. There, there are, you know, they already get there as infantrymen. So they're going to what's called a line company, Alpha Bravo or Charlie. And now since I was a radio operator and then there was a, there was a forward observer in my rip class, a 13 Foxtrot, and so he goes, we both went to headquarters company and he went to the fire support, you, uh, you know, uh, uh, platoon, if you will. And I went to the radio shack as they called it. Cause I was a radio operator. And then from there, you know, from there, and I spent, I don't know, maybe a year in headquarters company. And then I went to a line company. I went over to run the uh, Bravo company radio shack. And, but even before that, like just being in headquarters company, you, what you, you still go out with the line units. When you get deployed, they just, they need like real radio operators, I guess, if you will, you know, because they have their own squad guys that can just uh, operate a regular radio and then, but they would need someone that had the training and so forth in like a satellite radio, like we had back then. And some of the encryption devices that we, that the, the army was using and the military was using. And so then they would just pluck us from, you know, headquarters company. And I, and usually you go out with the same company and I just happened it. It just so happened that I always went out with alpha company, which is odd because I ended up in Bravo company, but either way. And then like my roommate went out, which is kind of odd. He usually went out with uh, Bravo company. And then there was another fella. Uh, there was like five of us in the radio shack and he would go out with Charlie company and so forth. And, and so that's kind of how that works. And then, you know, you spend, now you're in a ranger battalion, not ranger qualified yet. Once you get there, uh, uh, and then you wait for your slot. And I think I waited. So let me think, uh, yeah, I got to, uh, first battalion in late spring. It was like, 
Oh, it was like maybe late April, probably mid-April, as I remember, 1983. And then I went to Ranger School. I reported uh, to Fort Benning to Ranger School in February, early of 1984. Yes, because I was class 684. I was what was considered a, a winter ranger. And the only difference is, is that you get, uh, instead of one meal a day, you get one and a half meals a day. Because they starve you in ranger school. You lose a ton of weight. And, uh, you know, when I say like one meal a day or one and a half meals a day, you don't like get those, uh, the, you know, they're like interspersed. You might not eat for a couple of days. You know, maybe some tree bark or a salamander if you catch one or something like that. And that's what you do. Uh, and then anyway, so then you, you, you know, then there's now you graduate ranger school and that's a hard thing to do. Maybe it isn't so much hard anymore because now, like I said, they're letting girls in there. And that's a huge disappointment uh, for me that they're letting girls in there now. And, and nobody, I, you, no one can convince me and I don't care who you are, can, can, will convince me or can convince me that they haven't lowered the standards because that's just hogwash. There's no way a female could have completed ranger school. It is that difficult. They punish you. You are punishing, you, you know, I mean, to the point where you, you fall asleep standing up, and I, I did it. Everybody does it, and I've watched people just in the pitch black of night, you know, on a patrol in Florida or wherever you are in the mountains of Georgia, and you stop, you know, maybe for whatever reason, and you just, I've watched people just, boom, just fall over. Well, I did it once, and that's how rigorous that it, that it is, and that's how much, that you know, they punish you, and it is a big deal. I don't want to diminish the you know, the folks that went to ranger school and got that award at all. Certainly I wouldn't, maybe now again, because they let girls in there now and that's a complete travesty as far as I'm concerned. And the other travesty is uh, that now we don't, there's no black berets anymore. They wear tan berets now. And I think that was general Shinseki that did that. And that was, I think in the early nineties and, (laughs) and the reason he did it was wrong, you know, because then, you know, you know, because what they did was they made, you know, they let it let everyone in the army wear a black beret. And and then, as I remember, you know, we all that had served in a ranger battalion, we would mockingly or jokingly say, well, now everybody's a ranger. And that's because that's really what he did. And then, you know, then he thought he was doing the rangers a, a service by, uh, you know, switching them to tan berets. And it's there is a bit of history there, the color tan, at least, because if you look at a, the flash on a ranger the black beret there are colors on there and mine's over there i can't really see it at the moment but those colors are all uh they're 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 significant colors if you will and tan used to be now when i served tan the color tan is not in those colors because at the time rangers generally wore khaki uniforms if you guys remember what those were and those were obviously tan in color uh and so that was excluded on the berets but then they have since added that color tan. It's actually in the center of the the uh, diagonal stripe that is on the flash. You guys can look it up, or maybe I'll uh, during the break I'll post a, I'll find a couple of images to those you know to the flash and all that. And and there's some other history that I'm going to get into uh, after the break. Just if you're interested, I think it's interesting um, because the history of the Rangers is is very rich. They you know they. There were rangers back during the Revolutionary War. You had Rogers Rangers, and then you had uh, Marion, uh, what was his name, the Swamp Fox. I can't remember his name offhand. Marion, uh, I can't remember his name offhand. It's been so long, guys. And then you had Merle's Marauders, and, you know, that encompassed basically uh, 
what was called back then the 5307 composite unit. And, you know, that was, uh, and then after that, you had formations of Ranger battalions in World War II. And then Rangers would come and go, you know, they would, the Army would uh, activate them for a, for a time when they needed them, like during World War II. And then uh, Rangers served in Korea, not Ranger battalions, though. And then in Vietnam, only Ranger companies served in Vietnam. In fact, only 15 companies of Rangers served in Vietnam, and, and only 13 of them actually saw combat. And so it wasn't the modern Ranger, as we know them today, uh, was not, uh, you know, didn't come into being until, I, and I'll look it up during the break, until about 19, I think it was 1974 by General Abrams, when, because they just thought, well, you know, I think we kind of need these troops, if you will. And so the 1st Battalion formed, like I said, in 1974, and I can't remember the date, it was in the summertime or something like that, they jumped into Hunter Army Airfield, and boom, now you got 1st Ranger Battalion. And then shortly thereafter, uh, the 2nd Ranger Battalion jumped in. That's how you do it. They just jumped into Fort Stewart, meaning, uh, you know, jumped out of an airplane and so forth. It's kind of like an event. And then you, now that's, and then 3rd Battalion later on, this would have been, this probably would have been, because I was just getting out, so this would have been 1985 when, uh, third battalion formed at uh, Fort Benning. So that's really the kind, just a basic little bit of history uh, on the, the modern Ranger and how they basically came into being. Uh, the, the ones that served in Vietnam are kind of interesting, uh, you know, because they were Ranger companies. And these guys were basically, uh, you know, some people call them LERPs, like long range patrol. Some people called those company LERP companies, but you know, but they were Ranger companies. These were Rangers, and some of them weren't even Ranger qualified. They didn't necessarily have a Ranger school back then. A Ranger school really had come and gone. Modern Ranger school only came into being uh, again early uh, early in the 70s. Uh, the modern Ranger school. So I hear the music. I will continue a bit of the Ranger history, guys, after the break. So uh, see you then.
Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
right, folks, welcome back to the second half of the Condition Critical Show. I am your host, Jay Shanahan. And you are listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. It is the 2nd of March, 2016, 37 minutes past the hour. Uh, that darn, let me go back here, someone in the chat room posted some darn 80s hairband. Well, that darn 80s hairband uh, was not Striper, it was not Wasp, it was, wait for it, Fastway. Fastway, a great 80s hairband out of England, Fastway. Huey Piano Smith on the second one there. Okay, well, let's continue on. Hope you all, I hope you're, you are all enjoying this little bit of history on the Army Rangers and just what is an Army Ranger. I'll continue on briefly here, guys. Uh, I do have a lot to cover, but, uh, you know, like I say, I have a two-hour show today, so stay tuned, please, and keep buckled up. I was going to get into maybe a bit of the earlier history on the Rangers now. And let's talk about Merle's Marauders. Those those were, and just let me find the uh, the uh, article I was looking for here so I could help describe it better. Merle's Marauders were were the uh, companies that came out of what's, what was called the 5307 Composite Unit. And these were companies that were uh, formed you know, actually, you know, the lineage actually goes back to World War II. Uh, but the uh, the modern basic uh, ranger companies in Vietnam, if you will, had, you know, obviously some designations. You had Alpha, Bravo Company, Charlie, Delta, and so forth. Two of those companies, Alpha and Bravo Company, you know, were initially formed in Germany and later redeployed to the United States to uh, act as reserves, you know, you know, for in case there was a war with uh, the Soviets, and that's exactly, you know, why they were, you know, uh, you know, stationed as they were. Charlie Company was the first field forces in Vietnam Company, and then Delta Company was attached to the 3rd Aero Squadron, 17th Cav, formed of a cadre from Delta Company, 151st Airborne. That was a National Guard unit. Echo Company was part of the 9th Infantry Division, Foxtrot Company was part of the 25th Infantry Division. Golf Company was attached to the 196th Light Infantry Brigade. Hotel Company, and actually in 1st Battalion, there was a staff sergeant who was a, he was a veteran, a Vietnam veteran of uh, 1st Cavalry Division, and he was a Hotel Company Ranger. He was one of two. Actually, he was one of two NCOs in the 1st Ranger Battalion when I served that didn't have a Ranger tab, but he didn't need one because he was a real badass to begin with. He had served, like I said, in Hotel Company in the 1st Cavalry Division. Uh, he was attached as a ranger in Hotel Company. India Company was attached to 1st Infantry Division. Kilo Company was attached to the 4th Infantry Division. Lima Company, now this is a division you all know about, the 101st Airborne Division. Uh, that was uh, Lima Company was attached to them. Mike Company was attached to the 199th Light Infantry Brigade. November Company was attached to... And this is a, a, a division or a, a, a brigade you may have heard of, the 173rd Airborne Brigade. The 173rd Airborne Brigade is uh, best known for uh, the, uh, what was his name, Captain Callie, William Callie, the guy that uh, went on a rampage at My Lai, and, like, they, you know, murdered all the villagers, and you guys can look it up. They made a movie about it. He was a, he was a, he was a Special Forces guy, and... Uh, 
but he was in 173rd Airborne at, at the time. So, and then you had, and I, I believe I'm right on that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, Oscar Company, uh, they were an Arctic company stationed at Fort Richards, Alaska, uh, and they only uh, served from 1970-72 under General Hollingsworth. And then you have Oscar Company. They were 3rd Brigade, 82nd Airborne Division. Then Papa Company, P Company, Papa Company, 4th Brigade, 5th Infantry Division. And that was a mechanized division. And there's actually a, a lot of information. And I'll just go ahead and post this link. It's pretty interesting. I just found it uh, last night as I was doing just a bit of research for this. So, And there was an AmeriCorps, Frank. I do see that. That was the 173rd Airborne. That was AmeriCorps. Uh, yeah. So let me look here over uh, excuse me, I'm looking in the chat room. I don't recall Colin Powell being involved in that. Maybe he was. Uh, you know, I was young. This happened, obviously. You know, I was just a you know young kid, so I don't really I don't remember all of the. De- Hold on a second. There's that link for what I was where I got the uh, the, the Ranger companies that I was talking about. But no, I don't recall that. But it's okay. I'm just reading some of the things in the chat room. Uh, now, no, now look. Getting back to AmeriCorps, or the 173rd Airborne, uh, they were a, you know, they were some badasses. Uh, my when I got the Bravo Company, uh, after I left Headquarters Company, and got the Bravo Company, First Sergeant Spears was uh, was an AmeriCal, 173rd Airborne Vietnam veteran, and he was he looked exactly. If you guys remember the, the I think it was an 80s TV show sitcom called Night Court. You guys remember that? It was like a judge, and it was. I guess it was kind of funny. It was back in the 80s, and I'd watched a few episodes, and it was just one of them shows, right? Night Court. So if you remember the bailiff, right, the bailiff in the court from that show, he was a spitting image. I mean, identical. It was uncanny, except he, First Sergeant Spears had a pretty large scar, you know, kind of on his face. Uh, except for that, he looked exactly like this guy. It was, it was funny, and, you know, we would mockingly sometimes, you know, uh, he would allow us to somewhat tease him about that, but there wasn't a whole lot of that going on, uh, you know, because back then, you know, it's been what? It's been nearly 30 years or over 30 years, uh, you know, but back then, I mean, you know, the Vietnam War, you know, you're, we're talking like the early 80s here. So it was, you know, a dozen years or so gone by. And so there were a lot of Vietnam veterans still serving in the military. And and a, and, a, and a great deal of them serving in special operations units, like first battalion, second battalion, and then your special forces and Navy SEALs and, and so forth. And you know that's something that you may not be aware of is that Rangers, and at least back when I served, we served and we trained alongside uh, some of the best highly trained special operations forces in the world. We worked with British SAS. Repeatedly, we worked with British SAS, and we actually, at the time when I served, had a, a SEAL team, SEAL Team 6 back then, attached to us for certain deployments, and we worked with them. We worked many times with Special Forces uh, teams on training uh, missions, and during the Iran-Contra thing, if you guys remember the whole Iran-Contra and the, the whole thing, you know, uh, we served, I served as part of a joint task force, and you know, I can talk about this now because it is all declassified, so I'm not really, I mean, everybody knows what happened during Iran-Contra. And now I, I didn't actually serve in country in Nicaragua, but we were right on the border in Honduras. I didn't see any combat. My brother did, however, because he was with Charlie Company. 
I was there with Bravo Company, and they actually they actually got into a firefight and had to. Now you can believe it or not, they had to. They were I don't want to call it rescue some special forces guys, but they had to go get them because they had gotten into some hot water. And so there was a bit of exchange of gunfire. My brother was on in a in a weapons platoon, part of an M60 uh, team. And so they exchanged. There was some some automatic weapons gunfire exchange and so forth. They don't know if they anybody, you know, hit anybody or anybody was killed or anything like that. But they they managed to retrieve and rescue these uh, special this special forces part of a special forces team that got caught down there. And so it's just it was a really exciting, uh, you know, time to serve actually. And the things that we did back when I served were just amazing. Like I said, uh, we worked with uh, British SAS guys, and actually we were in Alabama at the time, and it was some military compound, and it was a mount site, if you catch my drift, military operation, urban terrain type thing. We did a lot of that back then, and so we worked. Basically what it was was us basically against the SAS, and I'm happy to say we kicked their butts. And after it was all over, it was about a nine- or seven-day deployment that we worked with SAS, and they were, they were really cool guys. And their officers were really cool. They were just different than uh, American officers. They were much more. They they interacted a lot more with amongst one another, if you will. Where that doesn't really happen, or at least it didn't uh, back then. You didn't really interact with your platoon leader, who would have been like a uh, a lieutenant or a second lieutenant, or your company commander, who's obvious. Well, who's obviously a captain. Uh, but they did, and. Excuse me. They did. And then they interacted with us and it was just it was very cool. And they didn't want us to call them, sir, although we, you know, we did because that's just, you know, it was part of our training and just part of, you know, you know, for me, just just being polite and so forth. But anyway, yeah, worked with uh, SAS, uh, worked with SEALs. I didn't actually work hand or, you know, close at hand with SEALs. They would go out with line companies and we had our own scuba guys that went to Army scuba school. And but you know seals are obviously you know better trained in that type of endeavor, and so that's why there were there were at times if there was a mission where it required a scuba guy, um, there were at times in fact many times when when we had a you know the company had a, a, a Navy SEAL with them or t- or two, uh, never worked personally alongside uh, any Marine Recon or Force Recon guys. I did, however, go to Ranger School uh, with three. Two were force recon, one was recon uh, marines, and let me tell you, those guys are genuine badasses too. Uh, nothing but respect for them. Uh, we all went as a battalion to the marine, uh, what's called the KD course, which is basically the marine uh, basic uh, marksmanship course. That's what the army's is. Just basically a, a just a basic marksmanship course, but they call it the, the KD course. And did that at Paris Island. And though these, this was just with, you know, just recruits really we just we just stayed with with like uh you know like a a basic training recruit class and you know these weren't even officially you know marines yet they hadn't even graduated basic training but those guys those guys were uh you know because i as i recalled when i was there you know my basic training uh it was nothing like marine basic training marines are pretty good troops and i've always said that and i always will say that they're just they're better troops uh, generally speaking, as, as far as that goes, infantry-wise, because they have a specific mission. They're they, you know, they're like Rangers somewhat, uh, where where you know Marines get generally thrown right into the meat grinder, and that's not the case generally at all with regular Army units. 
even though you could be in, in, in a in a in a infantry battalion, you know, or like an 82nd Airborne Division or First Infantry or 25th Infantry, whatever. Okay, uh, Second Infantry Division. I mean, you you know, these are big units, and they don't generally get sent right into the to the meat grinder. That's what they use uh, special operations uh, forces for in, in the army. Your special forces and your army rangers, and and you know the army rangers don't get a lot of uh, you know you don't get a lot of they don't get a lot of media. You know most of the movies out now it's all about uh, Navy SEALs. You know you got uh, what do you call it uh, Zero Dark Thirty. There was a movie. It was whatever the heck came out, and and I don't really know how the the SEALs feel about that. You know. Obviously, I don't talk to any of them. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't want that kind of exposure, really. It would, uh, to me, it would seem like it could compromise you to some degree. But, but so, uh, you know, I'm kind of glad that the Rangers, that people don't know about them that often. There was a pretty good movie that came out, oh, in the mid-'90s called Black Hawk Down, and it was based off of 3rd Battalion getting slaughtered in Somalia. And I remember that vividly, and I was extremely upset about what happened over there, Bill Clinton completely uh, deployed Rangers in a way that is just not suitable for a Ranger unit. He deployed them basically as like a frontline infantry battalion, and that's not what Rangers are. They are special operations, and of course, well, look what happened. And then, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't, uh, you know, supply them with a the proper backup or any kind of backup, essentially. And you know, they did the best that they could, and they, but they they got slaughtered. And I remember, it. and it was a good movie. And it was pretty accurate, I, I imagine. I didn't know anybody personally because I had been out that had served, and, and, you know, in Somalia and so forth. I, I did a friend of mine that I went to high school with uh, served in 3rd Battalion, and he was part of what they called Operation Just Cause when we went. And there was no just cause about it when, when America went to Panama to uh, basically overthrow the Panamanian government and, and Manuel Noriega, who, as far as I know, is still alive. Uh, you know, somewhere. I mean, we were supposed to go down there and kill him, but I think they, uh, I remember they extradited him and he was in some prison in Miami or something like that. I don't know where he is now. He, he's probably at some safe house somewhere and the witness protection. I don't know. And anyway, just that's something I thought you might, I just thought you might find a bit of a hit, the history of the Rangers a bit interesting. It's something guys that I don't really even talk about that much anymore. Uh, it's been so long ago. And, you know, even after I got out, you know, of course, you're proud of what you what I, you what you have done as a, you know, as a ranger and serving. But people even back then didn't really know. You know, I, I got out and started driving truck and guys, hey, you were in the service. I was in the army as a ranger, you know, you're like, oh, a forest ranger. And I'm like, well, no, no, not not a forest ranger, you know, a ranger. Oh, what's that? You know, because people were just so. Uh, you know, you get, they, they're inundated at least back then with the special force, all green berets and all that. And, and, you know, I have the the utmost respect for special forces guys and and green berets then. And I still do. Uh, but it, you know, people just didn't really know what they, they were, but you know, now that we've been at war now for what, nearly 30 years, uh, all, all of these units and seals and SF guys, special forces and Rangers have really, you know, come into the limelight and, you know, they're, they're kind of getting some coverage and some media play and, and, and all of that. And so that's kind of cool. Uh, I wouldn't recommend, you know, certainly, you know, I have a son and I'll forbid him and I don't, he has no intention as far of going into the service. Uh, now, uh, I just, it's all different now. And it, you know what, it may have been somewhat the same back then. I'm not saying that what we did back then was any worse 
certainly no better than what we're doing now as far as going around the world and just, you know, wreaking havoc just for no apparent reason. Uh, that's not what you should use people for. doesn't matter whether they're in a Ranger unit, an SF unit, or a Navy SEAL, or even just a regular Army guy or a regular, like, Marine guy, you know. Uh, we're just misusing guys, and I think, I think most people on this network uh, would agree that, that the military is being misused, and it's just a sham. And, and it's not just, and more than that, it's a shame that, uh, you know, but, you know, as I remember, you know, I was just a young guy, and I, you know, you can easily get whipped into a frenzy, and you think, man, you're doing your patriotic deal, and you just want to, back then it was, you know, the big thing was go kill a commie, you know, and that's, we trained for that, and it was a big deal, but uh, I'm not ashamed of what I did, certainly, but uh, I, I would never encourage anybody uh, in fact, I would discourage folks from from joining the military. It's just not. To, it's just not. You know, it's not a. It, it, you know, there's no spirit of righteousness anymore in that endeavor because what the United States is doing is completely evil, and and you know, it just is, and it's a shame because it really does diminish what you know the, the 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 real patriotism that I believe most Americans really do possess. You know, not the fake patriotism that they want you to that they kind of pound into you that like, if you're like, you know, like the, the Apple iPhone thing, like if, if you're against the FBI getting into the, these iPhones or whatever, you know, then you must be unpatriotic or, or you must be for a terrorist, that sort of thing. But, and you know what, unfortunately that really works. You know, you got these billboards up and, and, you know, these like military billboards where they'll show like a Marine rushing a, a hill and carrying an American flag and saluting. And it's all this like visual, like patriotic thing, like, man, isn't that so great? Come, come, you know, and be this when in fact they're, they're doing something different with you, you know, and it's, it's really a shame. I, and, and my hope is, is that more people see that you know, see what's happening in this country for, for what it is. And if you stay tuned during the second hour, and I hope that you do, uh, I'm going to get into some, some other things, some more current event type of things. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more as far as this all fake patriotic uh, stuff and all that, because it's really sickening, guys. It, it's just sickening to watch this country just swirl the bowl the way that it is. And that it doesn't seem to me that enough people actually care. Uh, everybody is so busy and so distracted, guys. And it's, I mean, it's bread and circuses every day. And nobody really wants to pay attention to what's going on. And that's, that's unfortunate because guess what, guys? Things really are going on, whether or not you want to participate in them or not. You know, you... We can't remain in the shadows anymore, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mentioned something like the silent majority last week or the week before, and we've all heard that term. Well, we need to wake up. Uh, and now, look, just talking about it is one thing, and I certainly do enough of that. And, and also, I listen to other things, and, and, and certainly it appears that we all do enough of that as well. But as far as direct action goes, there's very little direct direct action going on out there. We're basically spectators, or we have rendered ourselves, guys, spectators to this, to what is going on. And I know it, it, it seems impossible sometimes to change what's going on, but it really isn't. We do still have 
an opportunity to change the direction of this country. But if we can't do it by sitting on our hands and not saying anything or thinking that we can remain in the shadows. Now, I know some are going to stay there, and that's okay. Not everybody can, you know, do something about it. But more people do need to do something about it. And, excuse me, I'm going to get into that uh, during the second, uh, second hour. Look what's going on during these presidential debates. I mean, I'm going to illustrate something for you that I just came to to mind last night, guys, about like the, this this how this how they have done things and how they have twisted things. And I fear, guys, uh, my fear is is that we're going to end up with Hillary Clinton as, as president. As impossible as that may have seemed, oh, even a month ago, I I mean, just look what happened yesterday. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable that someone of that, someone that, that, is, that has the amount of criminality behind them, such as that creature does, it's unbelievable, guys, that she may end up being the next president of the United States. Now, for whatever that means, uh, but I've said this, and I think it's been said by others, uh, if, you, if you think uh, Barack Obama has, has uh, you know, done a great deal to destroy this country look out i mean i can't even imagine you know what this what this woman can do or maybe i don't want to imagine she is she has she is like spawn of the devil man and i don't say that flippantly she is so power hungry that if you think obama has ignored and defied the constitution you man you look out because you know buckle up okay and wait for hillary clinton well i hear the music I hope I didn't bore you too much with the bit of uh, brief history of the U.S. Army Rangers. I was proud to observe. So hope you can tune back into the second hour, guys. If you can't, see you tomorrow because I'll be back on the air tomorrow. Freedom. And remember, guys, freedom comes from the sword. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to the second hour. That's right, a second hour of the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. You are listening right here live on the American Voice Radio Network. It is still the 2nd of March, 2016. It is now about three minutes past the hour. And for those of you that stayed tuned in from the first hour, I appreciate it. Anybody new just now tuning in, welcome, welcome aboard. I'm going to talk about uh, just current events now. I'm going to just kind of get into some muckraking and some further commentary and all that. But before I do so, uh, let me introduce you to my website, the con- uh, ConditionCriticalShow.com. I'll post the link right here. Uh, check it out, guys. That is the, my website. You can visit that. I have a blog there. Uh, check that out. I put a lot of interesting op-ed and commentary pieces on there and so forth. And there's a donate button there. I mention that uh, every week. I don't harp on it. But there is a donate link there. Anything would help. Uh, secondly, there is also a donate uh, 
uh, link, guys, uh, for this network here, this uh, website uh, where you are right now, American Voice Radio. Uh, and I mention that every week, donate $5. Uh, and like I said, I don't want to harp on it. Uh, nobody wants to beg for money. But, you know, these endeavors, they do, they, do, they cost money. And, and that's, that's all fine and good. I, I'll, it's no big deal, really. But they do cost money. And so, you know, a donation or two here or there, you know, just kind of really helps out. It's not necessary, but it just does kind of help out. So, okay. Where to start? Uh, this is now obviously this is uh, a new format for me. So hopefully uh, this I've uh, meshed this, uh, you know, well coming out of that uh, first hour talking about a bit about the uh, Army Rangers and so forth. Uh, but now let's just get into some current things. We had, you know, we had Super Tuesday yesterday, and the outcomes basically, uh, you know, I think everyone knew what was going to happen. Uh, Trump has a lot of momentum and he just does. And I'm going to get into that. Uh, and, and Hillary Clinton, for whatever reason, you know, and they're really kind of unknown. She's got momentum. Uh, I mean, she had a foot in the grave and I mentioned it there t- towards the close of the last hour. I believe she really had a, fo- a foot. There was a foot in the grave. I, at least I thought that there was, or maybe I was just hoping, you know, that there, she had a foot in the grave, but she's been just, like the true serpent that she is, the true creature from wherever that she is, man. She's been resurrected from the dead. And, man, she's out there with that big, crooked, cackling, crooked smile on her her disgusting face. You know, I can't stand that woman. I just can't stand her. Uh, I can't stand her. That's about, uh, I don't uh, know how else to express it. Uh, certainly, uh, some, uh, I would have to use some words that I can on radio and then I won't on this network. So anyway, uh, now let's just get into Trump a little bit here because in the chat room last night, well, not just in the chat room, but it's the the latest controversy really. uh, And I guess that's what it is. I don't know what else to call it is the fact, and it's not a fact, uh, the lie, the, the, uh, the, the uh, disinformation, the smear campaign that that has been ongoing ongoing uh, uh, against Donald Trump. And the, like, the latest one is that David Duke, the former uh, U.S. congressman, former Republican elected U.S. congressman from Louisiana, ran for governor of Louisiana, and got a lot of votes. Uh, he served in the Louisiana State uh, Congress, State Senate, and, and all that. He's a legitimate guy. They always like to introduce him as former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That's because they want to smear him, and they and they, and apparently that works. Uh, they never, you don't ever hear them uh, when they talked about the former senator, U.S. Senator Robert Byrd, that piece of crap, piece of crap from West Virginia, who was served in the Ku Klux Klan for much longer than David Duke had. David Duke has been out of the Ku Klux Klan for nearly 40 years, maybe more. Robert Byrd was had been a recent uh, member, if you will, of the Ku Klux Klan. But yet uh, Hillary Clinton uh, was a, he was very ch- chatty and friendly with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. You never and my point is you never heard them introduce Senator Robert Byrd as former Ku Klux Klan, whatever, whatever. Of course not, because it doesn't fit their narrative. But the, the, but the controversy, if you will, is that David Duke came out and endorsed uh, Donald Trump. That's a lie. It's a flat-out lie, and you can look it up. I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. In his own words, in his own words, and I watched part of and he came out right away and said, hey, whoa, wait a minute here. Uh, there's apparently, and whatever, 
and he's unequivocally denied that he ever endorsed, and he has, still hasn't. What he did say, however, is that he would vote for him. That's not an endorsement. He just said, yeah, I would vote for him. Uh, I, I agree with some of his policies, you know, on immigration and, and you know, the, the Muslim thing and, and all that. But he also went on to say, but then there's some things about him that, that you know, that trouble me and whatever. And uh, he, he did say that he liked some of his economic things. And, and he said something like Frank has said. He would like to see some more details and all that. But he just wanted to make it clear Okay, and he has made it clear that he has not come out and endorsed Donald Trump. But either way, let's say he had come out and endorsed Donald Trump. Uh, you know, what? so what? What, he's not allowed to endorse Donald Trump? Or, you know, of course not. No, because, because well, you can't have a white supremacist uh, endorsing you. That wouldn't be right. Well, let me clear something else up for you. I hear media. And anyone else who's maybe confused, David Duke is not, was not, ever a white supremacist, ever. And he's been very consistent over the years in stating that, you know, in describing what he is. He believes in individual rights, and he believes in freedoms and liberties, if you will, and he believes in the preservation of everyone. He, he believes everyone, every race, has the right to preserve their heritage and to have rights and to not be discriminated against. And he's always denounced violence, always denounced. He, he doesn't, I'm in fact not like him because I believe sometimes that you do need to perpetrate violence. But he's been very, very consistent over the years. They just don't like him. And it's just so easy. I think I read an article last week it was, it was a CNN article by the dean, some nitwit guy who wanted to come out and, and it was the headline was something like racist, bigot, whatever, whatever, you know, just wins this or that, you know, because that's instead of instead of, you know, going after Donald Trump on legitimate issues, it's been nothing but one ad hominem attack after another one after another. And it's unbelievable because it's ongoing. It's been ongoing. And I don't understand how the American people don't see this doesn't. Aren't people smart enough to realize what's going on, what they're doing here? Donald Trump is not winning. He doesn't have the momentum that he does because he's uh, a white supremacist, okay? And no matter how much they try and smear him or that he's an anti-Muslim guy or that he's a sexist or, or any of that, but they are so afraid. They are so afraid that he might get the, you know, the, the nomination that they are pulling out all of the stops. I had written something down, and it's going to be part of a blog post. And let me just see here. This is how it starts. And this is, this is, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Let's go back. Let's just go back. I don't know how far. Let's just go back, say, to when Donald Trump just kind of floated the idea, right? Now, just follow me here. And this is a, basic, this is a fictional scenario. But let's just kind of go back. Donald Trump, you know, I don't know, two years ago, whatever, year and a half, he, he kind of in passing in an interview says, ah, oh, you know, I might... I don't know, run for president, uh, you know, 2016 or whatever. It kind of floats the idea, right? Well, the, the, the establishment gets a hold of that. And what I mean by that is the establishment politicians and their corrupt serpents in the media, they get a hold of that, and they just start to denounce him right away. He's a joke, essentially, okay, because he come out and said this. So, so he's a joke, right? That's how it works. Then, well, then, okay, now let's fast forward a little bit. Now, fast forward to Donald Trump actually announcing his candidacy. Now, I don't know, it's whenever that was, right? What, what do you think happens after that? Well, the same thing. A whole bunch of smear this, that, and he's basically a joke, right? Ah, he's a joke. 
right? Okay, fine. Let's fast forward. Now the campaign season starts kicking off, right? And you got these guys going out there. Remember now it's all starting to happen. It's all starting to come together and we're having candidates, actual candidates. Trump starts campaigning, right? Well, what, what do you think happens? Well, he's a, he's a this and he's a that. Basically, he's a joke. He's a joke, right? Okay, fast forward. Now Trump starts not only uh, gaining supporters, but he starts like gaining ground, okay? Actual ground, right? Now what? Well, now, you know, not so much smears and stuff. Now it's a little more of a hesitant, he's a joke, but the same thing, he's a joke, and so on, right? You follow my drift? You see where I'm going? So now what? Well, now uh, he's kind of not a joke anymore, and they can't ignore him, so now what? Well, instead of debating the guy on the issues, right, now it's been one smear after another. And if that is not offensive, because it offends me, and if that's not offensive to the American people, I don't know what is. This latest one is the worst. It's the worst. It's in every newspaper, and it's sickening. It's sickening, and I have a couple of headlines here. Let me see if I can find one. There's just a headline. Here's a headline. Trump blames faulty earpiece for faulty KKK comments. That's just one. You have another one. What is it here? And these are just headlines. Uh, Don't panic. Here's the headline. Don't panic yet about President Trump. And this is USA Today. And and, and I'll read. I'll start. (laughs) Excuse me. I'll start a little bit with, uh, with this one. The headline is, don't panic yet about President Trump. And this is from the USA Today. This is from David A. Adelman. And now let me just describe him. David A. Adelman is a member of the USA Board of Contributors. He is editor emeritus of World Policy Journal and author of A Shattered Peace, Versailles 1919, and The Price We Pay Today. I'm not aware of the book. I'm aware of the Treaty of Versailles and all that. And he is additionally, he is... Uh, in addition to his own editorials, uh, USA Today publishes diverse opinions from outside writers and blah, blah. Okay, I just wanted to kind of describe to you who this nitwit is. And this is, again, this is kind of, uh, you know, this is kind of to, to illustrate kind of what I talked about last week from that Dean Buffoon guy from CNN. How th- now, this is a pretty lengthy article, right? But there's, there's not a lot in it. Not a, it's, there's not really a lot. He's not really saying anything. Basically, now just follow along. Basically, what he's doing is, uh, and this isn't the right one, actually, but so let me just hold on, guys. That one I want to do second. Sorry about that. Here's the other one. Uh, this, this is Trump blames uh, faulty earpiece uh, for, the, for the KKK thing. And in this article, again, now I don't have to, do I really need to read it? I don't really think I do. Because all of these articles, and even the other one, and I got a little bit crossways there with my articles, but see, what, the, what these articles do, guys, is they don't go after the man on his policies, like, uh, what, and whatever they are. And, and Frank has brought up in very recently that he would like to actually see, you know, some policies and hear about them. And that's, that's fair enough. It's, that's fair enough. That's, why don't we hear these commentators say that instead of saying, and they repeatedly, repeatedly, they have asked him and, and, and badgered him to denounce. And they keep saying it like that, denounce his, uh, in, you know, the endorsement of David Duke and, and white supremacy. And, 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 and that's the part, guys, that should offend everybody. Because, like I said, what they're saying is anyone, cause, and this is what they're saying, anyone that, support, that supports 
uh, Donald Trump is obviously a white supremacist. See how that works? Or anyone that supports Donald Trump is a sexist or a homophobe or uh, a xenophobe or anti-Muslim this or, or, or an anti-immigrant that. Is that how we do things nowadays? Oh, well, obviously it is how we do things nowadays. That's, I guess that's how you get to, to become president. That's how Barack Hussein Obama got to be president because he's half of a black guy. And I remember it. It was the same thing back then. Any criticism any criticism of that half of a black moron, you were denounced as a racist. And that's not how you do, that's not how smart people should debate issues. That's not how it works. That's not how you argue and debate things by just smearing someone and calling them a name. And because it's not working, and it doesn't appear to be working, guys, because Trump, uh, I, don't, I haven't seen all of the results. Maybe you guys can say something in the chat room or call in and let me know. 1-800-932-1980, how the results went. But as far as I, I uh, have seen, Trump, you know, he, he, he trounced them yesterday. He has momentum, guys, because he's, because he's saying things that the American people want to hear. He has said things that mean something to people. When you, when you have a candidate that says he wants to get us out of bad trade deals because they're bad for the American people, they're bad for the American worker, don't you think that... Don't you think that strikes a chord with the laid-off steel worker or the soon-to-be-laid-off auto worker or the, 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 the laid-off a long time ago textile worker that worked in a textile plant in the Midwest? Don't you think that strikes a chord with them? When they saw what trade deals did, when they saw what NAFTA did to this country, and remember back Ross Perot, who ran for president back in, what was it, 92? He, he said NAFTA, you know, that giant sucking sound you hear? Uh, that's NAFTA. And, and that's true. And so when you have a candidate such as Trump, because you don't hear any other candidates saying that, how, they wouldn't dare say something like that. <laughs> Excuse me. And so when you hear, my point is when you hear a candidate, and that's just one thing that he has said. He's brought up the immigration thing too, uh, too guys. And, and instead of talking about that and debating it, instead of saying, okay, let's talk about that. That's a, and that's a very valid subject and it's a that's front and center on people's minds so let's talk about what can we do instead of doing that they just smear him as a racist and he hates mexicans that's not what the american people want to hear i don't think the average guy down the street hates mexicans he just doesn't want he just would rather have a job he would rather have a job and not the mexican because the corporations uh hire them at, at, at a cut rate that's the reality of things and it's offensive for the media, for these bastards in the media. And these people need to be beat above the head and shoulders with a baseball bat. And I know David Duke wouldn't approve of that because that is violence. But you know what? That's what some of these people need, guys. They're not going to get it any other way. It's so pathetic. It's so pathetic how, how, how desperate, how utterly desperate they are that they're doing this. And I, it, it appears that it is becoming more and more transparent because you know what? They haven't been able to just shoo Donald Trump away. He's no longer a joke anymore. They no longer could just say, ah, he's a joke. Now they really just got to go after him on these ad hominem, criminal ad hominem attacks on the man. You, you want to talk about complete libel. I mean, the, none of what they're accusing him of can be, can be proved at all. It's just 
throw it out there. It's like the scarlet letter. It's like being accused of being a child molester. I mean, once that happens, how do you take that back? And, and you know what? People can get in, people do. You try that. You try accusing your neighbor of being a child molester, you know, and see what happens after he gets fired from his job, arrested, and then found out that you just did it because he, uh, he, he knocked part of your fence over and, and didn't pay for it or something like that, you know. And so you thought, oh, I'll get back at that SOB. I'll, I'll just, you know, write an op-ed piece or a, a letter to the editor. Do something goofy, right? You catch my drift? Well, you'll be criminally prosecuted for that and civilly prosecuted for that. Yes, you will. But the media? Oh, no, not the media and not our lying, lying scumbag politicians the establishment politicians in both parties, which is actually only one party, okay, not them, they can't, they have no idea what they're doing, number one. Their only intent that our establishment politicians have, guys, right now, and for the last 30 years, has been the utter destruction of this country. They're so afraid of people like Donald Trump because to them, and this is another thing that they're starting to do, they're starting to label him as somewhat of a nationalist, right? And you know what nationalists are. Those are those evil, evil right-wing fascist Hitler types. And that, that now that's something that I could uh, get into a little more on this article. That was part of this one article here. Let me find it here. Uh, let me go back. Because that's, that's the next thing, guys. In, in, in conjunction with the whole, and look, guys, don't think that this, what they did with him, with Donald Trump here, with the David Duke thing, don't think that that wasn't a calculated move on their part. It happened. They did it just before Super Tuesday, okay? So you think that was a coincidence that just before the, the Super Tuesday primaries, all just coincidentally, uh, they're going to conjure up some lies and say David Duke endorsed him because they think they can get some traction out of that because they've been labeling David Duke forever as a, a, the Grand Wizard former of the Ku Klux Klan and and a white supremacist. So let's throw that uh, lasso around Donald Trump and see if we can't take him down. Well, guess what, guys? It didn't work, did it? It didn't work. I think he did rather well yesterday in the primaries. So, hey, guys, hey, media guys, hey, pol- establishment politician guys, nice try, USOBs, nice try but they're not done they're not done because they'll just like they're doing here now they're conjuring up the whole nationalist thing and the headline is don't panic yet in parentheses about donald trump and and this is from the david a alderman and i'll just i have a little bit of time before the break it starts off beware the radical right or must we right-wing political leaders across europe are reaching the brink of success and then most fall off the edge and now what this article goes on to say, or what it goes on to say or read is uh, the, the uh, nationalist movement, which is well, has been well underway and ongoing all across Europe because of the European Union, uh, <coughs> you know, because it, it was a failure. And everybody knew that it was going to be. Do you guys all remember when they wanted to do the whole European Union? I mean, what are you, crazy? That's not going to work because people are different. And and so it's you have these nationalist movements taking hold over there, and that threatens globalist guys. It, it, it utterly threatens them. And so the first part of this article, and I can't post it for you because I'm reading it from another screen here, another device, uh, it kind of goes in 
in and out of some of the uh, nationalist movements, like in Greece and France and in, in, in England and so forth, uh, in Poland and a whole bunch of places. And then it, it and then it uh, it goes on in Denmark, and it's just a whole bunch of that. And and then it goes on to describe how Donald Trump and it and as he says something like uh, his supporters are are you know they have this uh, what's he say? And I'm going to paraphrase because I'm going to use my own words. Uh, well, he's basically you know labeling not just Trump as like some kind of a neo-Nazi, and that's and now those were his words. Uh, far right, you know, and in parentheses, he describes, you know, neo-Nazis. But he's not just describing Trump of that. He's describing all of his supporters as that as well. So, and that's because, look, guys, and this is what you have to be careful of, because nobody wants to be called a name. Because, and it's unbelievable that we're scared. So people are so frightened just by a name, just by a name. Nobody wants to be called a racist. Nobody wants to be called a homophobe. I wouldn't want to be called that, even though I don't agree with it. And, oh, my God, so I got to you know, you totally change my language. Well, the same thing could be said for nationalists. Nobody wants, apparently nobody wants to be called that. And, you know, because the next thing you're going to be called is a Hitler. Now you're a neo-Nazi. And again, guys, does anyone think that that's the case? And, and look, and I'm not going to split hairs and say, well, okay, there might be some. I'm not going to split that hair because what difference does it make? That's not that is not uh, what we are. That is not what someone who would describe themselves as a nationalist is. And I don't believe that's what Donald Trump is. Now, uh, would I like to see some, some policies like Frank has said and all that is, as well? Yeah, yeah, I would. But that's really beside the point. Well, first of all, first of all, you know, he has to get there first, and it appears that, he, that he's going to get there. And no matter what the media guys do to, tr- to try and stop him. People want the border secure. That doesn't mean that you don't like Mexicans or Muslims or, or anybody else. That just means, you know, that's just common sense that, that a nation, people that, that live in a nation, that's common sense would want their border secure, right? Secondly, people want jobs, right? So they don't want these multinational corporations uh, pulling, you know, the textile plant or the, or the steel mill out of Pittsburgh or or out of, uh, you know, uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and and sending it over to Singapore, or Myanmar, or or to to Beijing. That's not what people want. And so, for people to want jobs in this country and to not want to be involved in trade deals, that doesn't make them xenophobes or anti uh, whatever you know, whatever name they want want to call those people. People want you know to you know people want to to uh you know defend and to have their nation first and they care about their nation first or should care about their nation first and when they do that that doesn't make them uh, a neo nazi and so that's that's offensive and and more people just and my point is more people need i was reading something so i got a bit distracted there more people need to, to speak up on, on this. And, and look, and maybe people are. Uh, I don't really pay close enough attention to these primaries because I, I don't think that they really mean really all that much. It's basically party politics, obviously. And a lot of what's going on is, is out of our hands, and they're not telling us everything and so forth and so on. But, yeah, at the end of the day, someone's going to get that nomination. And 
as it appears right now, it's going to be Donald Trump. And and don't you think people are going to be a bit uh, pissed off, if you will, if somehow at the 11th hour, Donald Trump doesn't seem to get that nomination? I mentioned in the chat room, and I think last week, I mentioned this thing called the Cleveland Governor's Conference of back in the whatever it was, the early 60s or whatever, how they conspired against Barry Goldwater. And I'm telling you that that's, if that happens, guys, if that happens to Donald Trump, I'm guessing if, if that doesn't set us off, if that doesn't set this thing off, I don't know what will. If they rob us of a candidate, like it appears they're trying to do, you know, they got Mitt Romney now. I see Mitt Romney. I see a headline. He's going to come out now, and he's going to talk at one of these debates where he's going to give some kind of a speech. I mean, they're pulling out all of these establishment uh, people to try and uh, diminish Donald Trump, you know, because the whole KKK thing didn't work. The whole Hitler neo-Nazi thing isn't working. And those are pretty, you know, those are pretty big uh, clubs, if you will, that they have already used. I mean, so if those were their whole cards and they're their jokers, uh, you know, the, the wild cards, uh, well, they failed. Okay. The house lost, if you will. So now, I don't know, they're going to another deck. And so they're going to bring Mitt Romney out? Really? Mitt Romney? Anyway, guys, I hear the music. So uh, we will get into more of this after the break. Uh, please stay tuned.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
Okay, folks, welcome back to the second half of the second hour of the Condition Critical Show. I am your host, Jay Shanahan. You're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. It is still 2nd of March, 2016, 39 minutes past the hour, and obviously uh, obviously we are live here. So, yeah, I'm just reading some of the things in the chat room. That was early Ted Nugent. Uh, and, you know, I don't even remember because uh, I wasn't listening. I was talking with Frank during the break, so I don't even know who else. I see somebody said Triumph in the chat room, so I'm... I have to go back and look, guys. I don't know who the uh, uh, other song was. So, uh, oh, there we go. King Mud. There you go. Some blue stuff. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, let's just continue on. I was talking with Frank during the break. He posted something just before the break. Maybe I wanted to comment on it. And Frank posted just before the break the neocons. Uh, let me see here. Didn't know if I had my volumes right. Hope I'm not too loud, guys. Let me know if I am in the chat room. Uh, the neocons and the globalists would rather cause a revolution than lose control. And Frank and I talked about that in a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to have to kind of ponder that uh, because what I do know is, and what is clearly obvious, because like I was talking about during the first half of the show, uh, hold on a second, there we go. Uh, during the first half of the show is how desperate, how utterly desperate the, the, the establishment is. Uh, uh, you know, the, the the politicians. And and when I say the establishment, guys, I mean the politicians on both sides, Democrats and Republicans, and and the, and the media. That's what I consider the establishment, because the, cause the, 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 our politicians are using the, the media. I mean, they have, and, you know, as a journalist, if I were a journalist, I don't know, I would want to move to a different country. I mean, because it appears... You do have very little accurate or fair reporting going on out there. All you have is what you know, what you would think is a, 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 a what a credible journalist, okay? And he's writing this stuff, and he's re- and I hesitate to say reporting because he's really not. He's just he's just writing or repeating what they're telling him to, what the politicians are telling the establishment. Politicians are are telling him or her to do that's what's going on there's no independent thought anymore in the mainstream media at all i mean at all guys fox news cnn abc nbc you name it there is no independent or fair uh reporting or journalism going on there at all and it's no wonder that those organizations and those companies if you will are teetering on the edge those media giants, as they like to call themselves. I mean, who watches CNN? And you know what? At the same time, who watches Fox News anymore? It's like a parody. I used to watch it. I mean, I, you know, we all have gone through those phases. And I, don't, I, I, I certainly don't think that I'm any more advanced in that, you know, thinking than anyone else. It's just a parody to, to watch you know, like a, a Bill O'Reilly clip on Fox or a, uh, what's the, 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 some of the, the left guys, uh, can't think of their names offhand. Ed Schultz, I think he's on MSNBC, he's a nitwit. Chris Matthews, really? Sean Hannity? Any of these guys. Uh, and then they elevate others like Megyn Kelly. She comes up often. She's kind of like been elevated. Uh, well, obviously, for obvious reasons, she's been elevated. But, you know... 
she even thinks now that she's some kind of a journalist and that she didn't get where she was because she does well on her knees. I, I mean, she does well sitting down talking in front of a, a, a microphone. Did I, I don't forget what I just said earlier. That was, I shouldn't have said that, that, that slipped. But yeah, even her, uh, she thinks that. And so there's no independent uh, thought going on out there, no independent reporting, no independent journalism uh, going on out there any longer. And I think the American people, and like Frank said, uh, I think uh, during a call I called in last week, there's just too much other, uh, there's just too many other sources out there now that, that you can go to on the internet and on, uh, you know, on the internet. And and again, uh, I, I made the, uh, I made the connection that, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, what is it here? They're, policy, if you will, of trying to regulate the Internet. You know, of course, they're saying what's for for your safety and, you know, uh, against hackers, and, and we want to make sure we have this, you know, and tightly controlled and, and blah, blah. They're, they're, you know, they're doing that for a reason, because they don't like independent thought. Networks like this and other networks out there that, that, that preach the truth and talk about the truth unvarnished and say things that you just simply aren't going to hear anywhere else. And there's a lot of that. There really is a lot of that out there, and that's a beautiful thing. And I, I suck it up, and as I'm sure all of you guys do. Uh, and that's not to say, though, that I don't, uh, because at the same time, I mean, you know, because it's what I do. I'm a blogger, and I got this show and all that. So I have to kind of, you know, you know look at this other stuff and, and give it a, a proper, I guess, if you will, anal- analyzation, okay? And so... That's kind of all I really wanted to talk about uh, as far as that goes, as far as the whole Donald Trump thing goes and, and how it wasn't a coincidence what they did and how offensive it is, and it should offend people, what they're doing. Uh, not everybody that disagrees with uh, illegal immigration uh, just hates Mexicans. That's not the case at all. Okay, And I don't want to do, you know, go round and round, but it's just important. It is, though, important to, to reinforce that and to say it often and to reject that. At, at all times when you're just called a name, it's like, really, that's the best you can do. That's the best our journalists can do. That's the best our politicians can do. You know, Mark, you know, even the, the ones that are running. Now, Ted Cruz, I don't know what's happened to that guy. He sabotaged himself, and I don't think he was a really a legitimate candidate in the first place. He's kind of a clown, clownish kind of a guy, more clownish than Donald Trump, okay? He's kind of a clownish kind of a guy, and he's kind of like a... Uh, a Pinocchio-ish kind of guy, well, conveniently, because he does lie a lot, but he is kind of woody, if you will. He's kind of like a wooden, you know, marin, what do they say, a marionette type of caricature. He, he is. He's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of his persona. But my point is, you know, you got Marco Rubio and all of them, they joined right on that bandwagon, you know, about, uh, about the KKK and, and reject white supremacy and he should be ashamed of himself and blah, blah, blah. Hey, man, you know, you're not really doing yourself any favors. Because I truly believe this, that even people that would say support a Marco Rubio, right? Say even uh, one of his maybe average supporters. I would even say that he's losing supporters when he, when he does that. Because I would just have to imagine one of his average supporters go, oh, man, wait a minute here. And really? You're gonna, where'd that come from, man? That's, that's not what, what, what are you doing here? That, that's, you know, I don't like the guy, but you're going to call him a, a white supremacist because you made something up, and is that how we do things now? Is that how we get our politicians now? Just call him a name? Because apparently, uh, 
I think, like I said to Frank during the break, I mean, that's how things have worked, and that's how things are working, or appear to be working, but they're not. It, it, it failed, guys. I want to close with it, with, with this topic, really, on the fact that it, it, was, it failed, and I'm glad that it failed. And, and it was more than just a failure, this whole KKK, white supremacist, neo-Nazi thing. It was an embarrassment type of failure for the establishment in the media. They just they lost their freaking butts on this one. They pulled their whole cards out, I think, a bit too soon. They, they got nothing left. And the tank, now now where do you go? What can you do now? I guess the next thing for them to do is just accuse Donald Trump of being the, the, the Satan himself. Because they got nowhere else to go now. They've got nowhere else to go. The racist thing didn't work. That's a big one, man. And the neo-Nazi Hitler thing didn't work. You got nothing left in the tank, man. Nothing left in the tank. Hey, look, uh, Bernie Sanders is an avowed communist. You don't see anyone really accusing him of that. Yeah, they'll call him a socialist because that's what he calls himself, but he's really a communist. But you don't see anyone uh, doing that to him, do you? You don't see anyone accusing uh, excuse me, uh, Hillary Clinton of being, well, you could, you could call her any number of things, but you don't see it, do you? No, you don't. Well, not in the media, you don't, and that's my point. But you see that on Donald Trump because they're, they are scared of him. The globalists, the neocons, who are effectively Jews, filthy, rotten, beady-eyed Jews that, have, that are parasites. Wherever they end up, they are. That's just a fact. Those are the ones. Uh, Frank mentioned an article, and hopefully maybe I can spur him to talk about that later on in his show. He, he was, we were talking during a break about an article from Politico. And maybe he'll get into that. Uh, they and look, guys. I mentioned this before that they hate the term neocon. I mentioned how that got me into, I don't know, banned from some Facebook page years ago because I I called someone a neocon, and uh, I got labeled an anti-Semite. I mean, right away I got banned, and I was accused of being anti-Semitic because. And at the time, I had a Jewish friend who used to come to the house often. He doesn't any longer. Uh, well, because uh, he just doesn't any longer, and that's fine with me. Uh, but I asked him about it back then, you know, because I don't want to offend anybody. And that wasn't my point. I mean, it's just a, it was just a truism. And I said to him, uh, I'm not going to use his name, just call him Bob. He's just say he's Bob. Hey, Bob. And I asked him, I said, do you think that that's and he said, well, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of uh, neoconish. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of anti-Semitic. And I'm like, why? And he kind of went, gave me some tripe because that's all it is. So anyway. Anyway, guys, I have a little bit of time left, and I don't know what else to really get into. Uh, I have, uh, uh, unbelievably, I do have a lot more here. Uh, let's just kind of go into it onto a different route here. Let me find something for you. You might find this uh, appalling, if you will. Let me see if I can find it here. Give me one second, because I wasn't really going to talk about it, but I should be able to find it pretty quick here. Hold on, guys. Let me see here. Uh, here we go. Here we go. This is from this is from NPR, uh, National Public Radio. So, okay, we already you already know, okay, yeah, where this is how this is going to lean. Uh, you know, NPR is is I mean they are so far left wing that it's just unbelievable. And so you know you're not going to get any fair reporting or uh, fair journalism or accurate or any kind of even good journalism. Here's the headline: Refugees say New York school district blocked them from going to high school. That's the headline. It starts off, whether or not you're a citizen, 
in New York State, you have a right to attend public high school and earn a diploma until you're 21. That was Pawanzo Bree's plan after she left a refugee camp in Thailand when she was almost 19. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. doesn't matter. She resettled about four hours north of New York City in the small Rust Belt city of Utica, New York, which uh, the United Nations High Commission for Refugees once called the town that loves refugees. Wow. I mean, that's what I would want my town to be if I were mayor. That's what I would want the United Nations High Commission for Refugees to label my town as the town that loves refugees. I wonder how the citizens of that town feel about it. Uh, anyway, that's a story for another time. The article goes on. Bree says she knew she had a lot of work to do when she arrived. Quote, I did not speak any English at all. I could barely say my name in English, says Bree, whose family fled Manmire, also known as Burma, as refugees from the ethnic Karen community. In Utica, Bree went to a newcomer's program where a teacher from the local school district taught English to young refugees like her. Eventually, the students asked to move on to Thomas R. Proctor High School, Utica's only high school. Quote, the teacher there told us, oh, no, you can't go to high school, Bree recalls. And we were like, why? And they told us, oh, you're too old. You're 19 now. So by the time you're 21, you won't finish high school. You would just waste your time. And then the article goes on with a the, with the little bit of a subheadline, an open secret, and it goes on. That conversa- conversation took place eight years ago. Bree says since then, other district employees have given similar explanations to refugees who speak little English or no English and want to go to high school. That's why she helped organize a group of students to sue the Utica City School District in federal court. Their class action lawsuit filed last April says that for almost a decade, the district has discriminated against refugee students over 16 who are not required to go to school under New York state law. It goes on. It was an open secret that refugees just knew within the community that once you were at a certain age and you're arriving in the country, you're just not getting to go, getting a chance to go to high school, says Phil DeGrangis, if I'm pronouncing his name right, an attorney with the New York Civil Liberties Union, which is representing the students along with legal services of Central New York. Now, let me just kind of stop there. Uh, Why would you want to be in high school Guys, as a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old, is that suitable? I mean, really? You're an adult, and you're – so what's the point? At some point, you are too old to be in high school. And and now let me just – I mean, so that's just – whatever, okay? I just don't get that. It goes on. DeGrange says the district funneled his clients to alternative programs, mainly to learn English, while while some students could attend GED classes. He claims none were given the chance to earn high school diplomas. Uh, okay, so what? You go to a GED class. How many people do that? You go to a technical college or something like that. You earn your GED. You know, guess what? Most high schools, most high schools, uh, is my understanding that if you have a GED and you just go to a high school, that they will just issue you a high school diploma. Now, I could, I could be wrong on that. So, you know, why don't they just go that route? This, to me, is just more... Guys, this is more uh, brainwashing. This is more, uh, what is it here, uh, you know, propaganda to make it seem like Americans, you know, are, don't like refugees and we're just racist. That's all this is. There's really no story here. This is a 19-year-old. Now, this uh, obviously, you know, happened a, a, a while ago. Uh, so, I mean... She's got to be in her, her mid-20s by now or whatever. But at the time, man, she was, well, it says she was almost 19 when she left. So by the time maybe she, you know, can speak a bit of English and good enough to maybe get her into a public school, she might have been, what, maybe 20 years old? 
So why would you want twenty year olds and 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 going to high school? That that that's the, you know the, you got twenty year olds that they go to college and you get my drift. I mean, am I making any sense there? This is just propaganda. I can finish up here uh, with the article just for the heck of it. It says they're putting them on track where they can can't become a doctor, where they can't become an engineer or a lawyer. He says, and that is absurd. That's the exact opposite of our, what our country's been built on, right? And that was a quote. Okay, so let me get this. Let me understand this. So we have no doctors or lawyers or airplane pilots or or accomplished people that that uh, uh, that didn't earn a high school diploma. Uh, you know what? I bet you if you Googled that, you would find countless, countless prominent people who never went to high school. And in fact, maybe only attended to the third grade and went on to do, to, to do great things. Here's the reason, guys. Here's, here's the real reason <clears throat> why they want these people to get into high school. Here's the real reason why they want these people to go to a public school. It's not so they can get their high school diploma because that's irrelevant. That's completely irrelevant. They can go get a GED somewhere. They want to get them into that public high school so they can brainwash them. Oh, now that was a big leap, Jay. Now you're put, now now Jay has just donned his conspiracy theory. He just put his tinfoil hat on. Well, you tell me you 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 go ahead and argue for me or or tell me different because that's the only reason they want to get them into the public school because they got to trap them. They got to get them in there and they got to indoctrinate them. That's all. That's the reason. There's no other reason. And nobody can convince me otherwise. That's it. And then, yeah, exactly. And then we, they, we get to pay for it. When I say they, I mean the, the people, the citizens of the town of New, uh, Utica, New York, which the United Nations High Commission for Refugees has even labeled. What was it? Let me go back. The town that refugees love. Are you kidding me? Anyway, let's see here what the article goes on to say, uh, NPR asked for an interview with the district superintendent, Bruce uh, Karam. His office directed requests to the district uh, attorney's office, who, who did not respond to multiple requests, blah, blah, blah. But in a sworn statement filed in federal court, Karim says that the district has not denied enrollment to any eligible students based upon their age. He is also asking a judge to dismiss a second similar lawsuit filed by the New York State Attorney General in November. So there you go. We want them, and it goes on, we want to be able to provide sound basic education, which is guaranteed under the state constitution to all students, including our refugee population, Corinne said, and blah, 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 blah. So in the article, it just goes on, and it's more just basic uh, propaganda where they're trying to get people to, like, feel sorry for these refugees and to, yeah, look, the people are really like this. They hate these refugees, and, and they're just racist and bigots and homophobes and all these other things. Instead of the real issue, which, guys, I believe, uh, in closing out my show for today, I believe that more and more people, I, 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 you know, these, these Super Tuesday things may have just energized me somewhat. People are not falling for this anymore. We're just not falling for it. And you know what? It, it, there's an, uh, there's obvious, there are obvious reasons for that. The, the economy is bad no matter what they tell you. There are no jobs no matter what they tell you. And, and those are all for valid reasons and not good ones, meaning like bad trade deals. That's why there's no jobs. The economy's bad. Bad trade deals, globalism, all of that stuff has been bad. It's a failed policy like gun control. And it's starting to, people are starting to wake up and see this. So, well, before the music starts, uh, and it is just now, there we go. I hope that I've, uh, uh, you know, did a good job today, guys, uh, for my first 
uh, two-hour show, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I hope I did a good job. So I'll see you tomorrow. I'll have a lot more to cover tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in and staying tuned in for the entire two hours if you've uh, done so. And remember this, guys, freedom. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll free, 866-229-3663, that's 866-229-3663, international callers dial 704-875-8010, or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes the nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for time, tincture, and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International 704-875-8010 or online at thepowerherbs.com. One, two,
Live. I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. Here on Herb Talk, we like to empower you. That's what we're going to do. Magical engineer Frank and I have a great show. Thanks for joining us here on the American Voice Radio Network. We are going to be uh, talking about some brain function uh, most of the show. Uh, we're going to try to improve your memory um, naturally, of course. And also we're going to talk about um, restless leg syndrome. Came, came to my attention today, customer at Apothecary Herbs called in and wanted to know what was good for that. So I thought I'd tap into that. We talked about it before on the show, but good topic to revisit from time to time. So we're going to show you a natural way to resolve that problem as well. And we have a quack report. But before we get to all that great stuff, big salute and semper fighter, righteous men and women in uniform. I lift them up in prayer every day, and I lift this whole nation up in prayer. I see the nonsense happening, and I know we need some supernatural help from God above. So I'm hitting the knees, seeking Lord's space, and I'm praying for righteous leadership. I'm, I'm asking for them, those men that are so talented, you know, that you could give them, what, a Q-tip and a pocket knife, and they can go into the wilderness and build you a shopping mall. I'm talking about men with ability, men with, uh, you know, backbones made of steel, that kind of stuff. We need righteous men of valor. Where are they? Well, we have to pray him in, and if Lord's will, he'll give him to us and set this nation right back on its course where it's supposed to be. So mind the time. It grows short. And without further ado, let's do the quack report. Right on. We are going to be uh, covering some interesting stuff here in the quacker. First up, uh, CDC is warning us of some uh, food outbreaks we should be aware of uh, regarding sprouts, salads, organic shakes, and cucumbers. All right, so U.S. Uh, uh, Center for Disease Control is warning us that there's a uh, food outbreak uh, involving um, meal products like organic shakes, uh, prepackaged salads, alfalfa sprouts, and cucumbers. They say nine people in Minnesota and Wisconsin who ate alfalfa sprouts have been diagnosed with a um, E. coli type of a condition. Um, so they, they're warning people to watch that infected sprouts. Also, laboratory evidence also points that a lot of this stuff was produced by a Dole processing facility in Springville, Ohio. Obviously, all these products are private labeled, sold under various brand names, and they think that is the source of the outbreak. Products have been recalled, but they say if you have any on hand, you know what to do with it. Also, uh, another outbreak, 16 states with salmonella uh, regarding the cucumbers, uh, 50 people, two deaths. So um, that's since November of last year. So, uh, you know, pray over your food, people, and try to get certified organic if you can. All right, last but not least in the quack report, um, here's a doctor who um, decided to quit allopathic medicine and open a pharmacy of his own, spelled F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. That's right, he went whole food. <laughs> Instead of the drugs, he went to food. Um, so thousands of years, people have relied on foods uh, to, you know, whole grains, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, and things, and herbs to, uh, you know, keep them healthy, keep them vigorous, fit. So now we see a doctor that, you know, seen a majority of his patients being overwhelmed by pharmaceutical products and uh, not getting any better. So he decided, you know what? His name is Dr. Robert Weiss, New Jersey medical doctor. Um, 
he's just sick and tired of serving up the traditional medicine to his uh, patients. So uh, he advises people to seek medicinal help through various foods, you know, aside from chronic, you know, trauma injury, you know, where you probably would need a medical doctor. Uh, he's saying all these other internal medicine conditions can be addressed. Heart conditions, he says, diabetes, uh, cholesterol, uh, all kinds of cardiovascular complications, he said, you know, can be uh, fixed with familiar foods. Um, so all of the American diet stuff causes a lot of these problems, and then people go get pharmaceuticals, he says, which creates additional problems. And, um, you know, and, and people, he says, they're persuaded to do not what's right, but what tastes good. And he says, we got to get away from that. I agree, Dr. Weiss. Kudos for you. Um, he also decided to put an end to, you know, prescription pill popping. Uh, he's uh, encouraging people to go to his farm, a sea. He has 60 miles. Um, outside of the town where he used to practice, and um, he just has people come pick their vegetables, well, herbs, weeds, um, and he says it's more life-saving than you can imagine. <laughs> right on. And that wraps the quack report. Hey, Frank. <laughs> Awesome. People are waking up. I love it. All right. We're going to talk about improving memory. Yep. That's what we're going to do. Because uh, I think more people are turning to what nature has to offer instead of the pharmaceutical products to solve a lot of health problems. For one, you know, Dr. Weeson is a great example. So we're going to put aside some of the life-threatening issues for a moment, and we're going to take a look at some common problems that can plague our daily living and see what we can find and a non-toxic solution to it, to those problems. So as we get older, we've, we're expected to have those short-term memory problems. Uh, statistics tell us that people over 60 years of age have memory recall problems, and seniors over 85 can have serious memory problems. However, younger people are experiencing this problem too. So we're going to take a look and what we can do to boost our memory and avoid the embarrassing memory issues often referred to as a senior moment. All right, so we probably just have to get organized, right? Organize our brain. Let's do that. Uh, life in general requires a bit of organization, so our brain is not immune to needing a little bit of unjumbled organization as well. So we're going to help it out. Younger people are finding that they can't remember a person's name or where they put their car keys, or the report they had just had in their hand five minutes ago. So short-term memory issues account for a large part of brain dysfunction. And we've all experienced moments when, you know, there's a word on the tip of our tongue and we can't recall it. Doesn't that drive you nuts, right? I, I just tell people, ah, I'll remember it later, laying in bed, don't worry. But this phenomenon is often referred to as psycholinguistic, where, um, you know, uh, our, our brain is translating thoughts into words. And Koreans refer to this, you know, word on the tip of your tongue. They call it a word is sparkling at the end of my tongue. <laughs> okay. Um, so this can happen as often as twice weekly as young adults often experience this phenomenon. So... 
it is also, uh, as it, you know, it's almost like our brains in rush hour uh, gridlock, and we just can't pull up the word. So why does this often happen to this? Most often it's an effortless process to recall a word, but then the brain gets hung up, and our brains can't retrieve the word that we're looking for. Now, according to the psycholinguistic researchers at McMaster University in Ontario, Canada, when you can't recall the word, there is a brain system break and a process is interrupted or not completed. Studies seem to indicate that caffeine may play a role, and other research suggests that we may remember the word incorrectly initially and then have difficulty recalling it. Which, you know, could explain why you can remember what you wore on your wedding day, but not what you had yesterday for lunch, because you just didn't pay that much attention to it. Well, I had a thought, because often we get distracted and we lose our trains of thought. People with attention deficit disorders often struggle to stay focused on tasks. So if we get to thinking about too many things all at once, we can lose our focus on how to prioritize tasks. We can overload our brain's capacity doing too much, and like a safety valve, the brain can shut down some processes. So our brain is complex, and it knows what stimuli are important and which are not. You know, when I first started working in intensive care back in the 1980s, there was so much stimuli uh, from all the machines, the alarms, the PA system, the phones, the patient's staff, I mean, this was just a 13-bed ward, but my brain, uh, you know, it took two weeks for my brain to weed out what stimuli was very important at that moment and what wasn't, because it was a very exhausting two weeks because my brain was really overloaded with stimuli. So over 99% of your sensory stimuli coming at us, you know, coming at you, uh, your brain deems it irrelevant. That's a large chunk, isn't it? So if we are complicating this issue, let's say we're stressed out, we're taking some medications, we're not getting enough sleep, we're drinking too much alcohol, well, we can have diminished brain function on top of that. So brain overload can account for memory problems in which we can be looking at something, but it's just not registering. You ever have that happen? It's like, I'm trying to read that sentence, uh, I'm looking at a few words, but uh, I don't know. Just not, brain is not in gear. Uh, you know, a lot of times we, um, we call it forgetfulness or absent-mindedness. We tend to, you know, play it off, you know, the function. It's just overload or I have a lot on my mind. But stress, being overworked, all this multitasking can play a role. But there are other indicators that can alter how our brain is working. So according to the National Institute on Aging, memory loss can happen at any time, at any age, and for a number of reasons. For instance, lack of sleep can play a role, especially sleep apnea, where there is insufficient oxygen going to the brain and is often recognizable by very loud snoring. Know anybody like that? Drive you out of the room, okay? That's how loud. So if you are, are, aren't breathing well during sleep, this can be detrimental to your brain, and most often you're going to wake up the next morning with a headache and you experience fatigue during the day. So people with sleep apnea may not remember 
where they put their keys, or even simple directions. So sleep clinics nationwide have also reported how important a good night's sleep is to include that rapid eye movement, also known as REM sleep, so you can have good memory. So other causes they listed were you could be experienced, oh, my goodness, a silent stroke. There's blockage to the brain's smaller blood vessels, which develop very gradually, also known as vascular cognitive impairment. So forgetfulness can be an early warning sign of a silent stroke uh, that was sourced by the Journal of Stroke. Also, medications you're on. Drugs can cause confusion and memory loss, such as your sleeping pills, your antihistamines, your anxiety and antidepressant medications, painkillers, cholesterol like your statin drugs, and your diabetic medicine. Also, nutritional deficiencies can play a role. Low B vitamins can affect your central nervous system and have a negative influence on the brain function. And we also mentioned stress which can make us lose our minds almost literally, and it can also lead to mood disorders and prescription medications for that, and can make, you know, you have memory issues, can make them even worse. So stress overload can make us lightheaded and even unable to think straight. And we mentioned alcohol as well, because too much of the alcohol will affect memory and brain function. It will also disrupt sleep, and the central nervous system. So according to the Journal of Neurology, heavy drinkers show early signs of mental decline. Mm. So what can help? Well, if, if memorizing the phone book helps to exercise the brain cells, well, yeah, well, we'll go for that. But, however, there are other things that we can do to improve our memory. Often word association helps us to remember people's names, and one trick is to say that name in your head to yourself three times consecutively and concentrate on it. Also, limit the stress and the alcohol that contributes to your memory loss and add some organic nutrition to help the brain with recall. And we're going to get to that. And one of the herbs I like to use for memory, recall, and brain function is rosemary. Um, we hear a lot about the ginkgo, ginkgo biloba, for improving memory, but not so much about rosemary. Uh, most people use rosemary for culinary purposes. However, it is a great herb for improving memory. So rosemary comes from the Greek name rosemarimus, which also means dew of the sea. It's an herb that's indigenous to the Mediterranean areas, but it's cultivated in the United States. And rosemary provides a rich source of vitamin B6, as well as iron and calcium. So rosemary is an herb that contains natural oils, and it also has used, was used in ancient times as a meat preservative before we had refrigeration. So the reason is it helps with memory is that it improves circulation to the brain and is often paired with ginkgo for even better results. Now, one study done by psychologists at North Brumbia University, Newcastle, UK, stated that rosemary improves memory by 75%. So rosemary also contains antioxidants to help protect brain cells from oxidative stress. And the Germany Commission recommends that pregnant women not use rosemary oils. Also not recommended uh, if you have a weak kidneys, avoid large amounts of rosemary oil because it can damage kidneys, okay? So let's put our thinking cap on. You know, every parent has said that to kids, you know, put your thinking cap on. But guess what? As we get older and we want to avoid those senior moments, 
you know what, we can put our herbal thinking caps on and avoid memory loss as much as possible. So folks, look for this product. It's called Brain Concentrate, made by Apothecary Herbs. It's a liquid. This is an organic herbal formula that contains your memory power herbs of rosemary plus your ginkgo. And a few drops of this liquid goes a long way, and you can add it to juice or water. So you can call Apothecary Herbs to order or ask for their free product catalog. That number is toll-free at 866-229-3663. 866-229-3663. If you're outside the U.S., dial 704-885-0277 or visit them online at thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. They have money-saving coupons on their website as well. Um, if you want to sign up for their newsletters, they go out each and every week with more empowering information. And, of course, um, I think newsletter subscribers, uh, people that register online, also get um, money-saving uh, reward points. If you, When you make purchases, you get points. And also you can uh, be on their list to get special offers So and discounts. Um, they don't spam you by any means, but... Uh, you can be on the list and get a heads up. See, there you go. Thepowerherbs.com, 866-229-3663, and it's called Brain Concentrate. It's really great. All right. Got a few minutes before we have to go to break. I want to talk about more brain stuff here, memory topic. Um, We want to avoid some of the things that can really mess up our memory. So if we avoid a lot of that, we got, we're a step in the right direction. Uh, now, modern medicine is working on a class of drugs that tend to, you know, create what we call brain wipe. It cleans, <laughs> cleans also bad memories as well as good memories, you know. Uh, it's it's going to be presented as a drug to help people with post-traumatic stress, which is great. People with anxiety disorders, you know, help them calm down. But the drug could also offer some side effects like removing all fear, Okay. So, which is an instinct that we need for daily safety. So right now, science is testing these drugs on animals, and it's currently um, just a theory how this will work on humans. So uh, for the purposes of, you know, memory, I wanted to know how this is going to work, this drug. So digging into the drug, um, this is what I found out. So what science has also revealed about these drugs that they're working on, they're creating these memory improvement drugs, um, is they want to remove the bad memories, and when they do that, it's going to alter the brain's DNA. So according to Nature.com, when humans experience a traumatic experience, it will leave a mark on the brain, which is difficult to erase. So the longer the memory, memory remains, the more ingrained it becomes. Scientists have proposed to remove the post-traumatic stress memories by attempting to remove them chemically. So is that good or is that bad? Well, it, a lot of times they call it instinct therapy. Therapists will work with patients with post-traumatic stress, and they try to desensitize them by exposing them to the anxious um, situation that causes those memories to try to you know, desensitize them, and oftentimes it doesn't work, and it has to be done like within two or three weeks of the trauma in order for it to possibly work. Uh, so traumatic stress is a very unwanted response to trauma, but uh, sometimes it could be a way of the brain telling you not to expose yourself to those situations again, okay? 
but it does interfere with a lot of function as well. So it's kind of a uh, catch-22. Well, let's get back to those DNA markers that these drugs want to mess with. According to scientific research, when a person is abused or experiences the horrors of war or some sort of trauma, these painful memories remain as a record in the chemical markers of your brain DNA. So scientists state they've been successful in removing chemical markers in mice brains with this drug. So how does that work? Well, it blocks the brain's specific memory by chemically disrupting the memory associated with the emotion. So doctors are also using this drug with extinction therapy to better get better results. So um, but the thing is, how do they know which DNA to target? You know, it's not like the DNA is waving a flag. Hey, post-traumatic stress disorder, get me over here, right? How do they know? Well, let's look what's in the drug. The drug used is listed as an HDACI drug called histone dicyclotase inhibitor. Say that three times fast. Uh, it's also an anti-cancer agent used on cancer patients. This is a drug for cancer. They're just, you know, noticing it. I guess it does other stuff. So the drug interferes with the function of histone dicyclotase enzymes and amino acids responsible for gene regulation. So what is really important to understand is that modern scientific medicine is doing a bit of guessing when they're manipulating these brain chemicals with drugs. So the inhibitor drugs also influence transcription in many biological processes. So it seems that science is really not sure if this histone dicytolase inhibitor influences specific or even global gene expression throughout the body, not just in the brain. So when this drug science is influencing, uh, when they're using this drug, they're influencing multi-levels of gene transcription control. So this process can change DNA and the ability uh, for the controls and accessibility on regulatory factors inside the body. So the main target that this drug is supposed to have is the amino acids, which they think will wipe out memories, and it seems to be irreversible. So there is also a question as to if the drug can influence intelligence because research shows the drug has negative consequences on gene transcription, which implies that the drug will offer side effects which the patient will bear the burden of and suffer the result. Well, how can that be? Well, the Drug messes with enzymes and amino acids, which are involved in particular balance, offering key regulation for gene expression, also involved in developmental processes. And get this, the state of disease, you know, might mess with your body's ability to resist disease. So science seems a bit concerned that these drugs, these, these you know, wipe the bad memory away drugs, if you will, can cause unforeseen changes as a result, you know, have a domino effect they're just not aware of. They're just not sure. So according to U.S. Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, the drug may alter functions of regulatory uh, key genes downstream, which means they'll alter additional DNA. So the big question needs to be addressed. Does medicine intend to use this drug to treat a variety of disorders? Drug research 
Using mice proved the drug deletes genes affecting developmental and psychological functions. But they, they look forward. I think science is looking forward to exploiting these, these types of drugs and treating various human diseases. Uh, and, you know, who knows? Really, who knows? It's sort of like the wonder drugs for bacteria, right? You know? And look what we have now. Drug-resistant bacteria. What do you suppose these memory-wiping drugs will do? Huh. Well, how far will drug companies go to get histone deacetylase inhibitors and FDA approval for all kinds of uses? Research at MIT, neuroscience department, used the drug in animal tests they state that this kind of drug used with extinction therapy needs further study. I'll say, neurologists there, hmm, putting the brakes on just a little, checking them brake pads <laughs> just to see. I'm smoking the tires, babe. Uh, no, we're not going to go there. Well, <laughs> we got to take a break. We'll be right back. into the original medicine. Herbalist Wendy Wilson will be right back. Is your PSA count high? Half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the Prostate Kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate glands. Call Apothecary Herbs for the Prostate Kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money-back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the Prostate Kit and empower yourself. Toll free 866-229-3663 for international callers 704-875-8010. That's toll free 866-229-3663 or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com. Your assignment is to find out what herb secrets herbalist Wendy Wilson has on Herb Talk Live. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu 
and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866 229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3Ws.thepowerherbs.com. modification drug affects the brain in a broad aspect. It could be the equivalent of trying to remove a splinter with a shotgun blast. (laughs) Okay. Well, Dr. Tsai feels more research needs to be done, uh, first on memory generated by fear and then the genes involved in the process. 
Yeah, yeah, I think you better nail that down first, Doc, you know, before you start selling drugs. So science is going to continue to dig to find out how human memory is reduced to a molecule state in order to manipulate it, change it, and erase it. And post-traumatic stress is no picnic, but at what cost are we willing to pay in order to forget? So Dr. Tai is quoted in the Journal of Cell regarding her work using histone decytylase inhibitors to influence memory. Quote, she says, if we inject a single dose of this drug, it actually is sufficient to influence neuroplasticity. That's another way of saying we're going to turn off some DNA in your brain with this drug. Wow. Well, according to Yosef Ishak, professor of psychiatry and behavioral neuroscience at the University of Miami, he says the goal is to identify specific HDAC inhibitors which target specific brain circuits and genes. Man, I mean, uh, I think... I think the wonder drug should have been a big example for it. I really do. So let's ask the question. If this drug turns off bad memories, will it interfere with the brain's ability to form new memories? Will the drug diminish or remove the ability to perceive fear, all fear? Although fear is unpleasant, it is also an instinct. Fear can be a gift. It can help prevent, you know, bad things. It can preserve your life. So if God gave us the gift of fear, do we really want a drug that attempts to make the brain unlearn fear? Well, science already admits it does not know what unintended brain circuitry will be affected by this drug. Is there an antidote to this drug? There's a question. Can animals exhibit post-traumatic stress like humans? And if not, well, how is this drug going to answer adequate safety questions? It's not like we can ask the mouse, you know, questions. Well, let's look at some of these answers. According to the U.S. Library of Medicine National Institute of Health, the histone diacetylase inhibitors does alter gene expression globally and therefore affects memory processes in nonspecific manners. So that's like saying we're really not sure how that's going to affect memory nonspecifically. Well, even if science states they've identified the specific genes, let's say they have, you know, those genes, those genes are right there, you know, marked X, Y, and Z, they alter, uh, they, they affect bad memory. So we're going to wipe those out. Well, it may still be a gamble, uh, gamble as to the drug being able to compromise brain function. So the drug also influences a person's ability to mentally process fear, anxiety, panic, and other fear-related re- Actions, including phobias, according to the U.S. Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health. So there's really no antidote which suggests the DNA gene expression alteration by this drug in the brain. Well, then it could be permanent, whatever they do, whatever whatever they alter there. (laughs) This is like brain surgery without an incision. Come on. So animals can be induced with post-traumatic stress, but it's unclear if animals process emotions like fear like us humans do. What about the side effects? Oh, yeah, i got to get to those. There are alternative ways to deal with emotion, emotional and physical trauma, so we learn from experience. 
Um, and it's doubtful that removing memories will offer a viable solution to post-traumatic stress disorder. It may be, it may make it worse, you know. So I like stuff with no side effects. So there are really countless citations you can find all over the place in your Internet searches where people share how they healed themselves from post-traumatic stress. Get this, with prayer, right? I believe it. Um, you know, God's not the author of confusion, and he can heal, right? He can. So add some herbs to that prayer and uh, some super nutrition to support your nervous system and, you know, additional therapeutic healing options you know, for stressed out minds and bodies can happen. So, for instance, if I had post-traumatic stress disorder, I would uh, do the following. I would use some herbs along with my prayer. Um, I would specifically use the herbs that you find in the body food mix that we make at Apothecary Herbs. has that natural vitamin B to help support the nervous system. I'd also tap into some valerian root to calm down agitated an agitated mind. If you're anxious, can't sleep well, Valerian root has natural vitamins like calcium for your neurotransmitters so you can sleep. Um, I would also, you know, read the Bible before I went to sleep, okay? Um, I always do that every night. Anyway, I've, I sleep better. Once I read, you know, a couple of chapters, I'm good. Also, if you need more relaxation, if you need to take tension out of muscles, I like to use um, herbs that don't sedate you but still relax you, take the tension out. So, um the relaxation formula will help reduce any te tension or spasming. So, you know, you'll find all that stuff at thepowerherbs.com or in the catalog that the folks at Apothecary Herbs can send you. You just got to call them toll-free and ask for it, 866-229-3663, 866-229-3663, thepowerherbs.com. Give them a call. Uh, they have uh, money-saving coupons on the website as well as free newsletters that you can check out, send to family and friends, and they're absolutely free. So do sign up online. Of course, they're online sent. No hard copies in the mail. It's email delivery. I say that a lot. You know, people want to know how they can get a copy, and I'm like, it's email. It's through the Internet. <laughs> All right. We're going to shift gears, and we're going to be talking about restless leg syndrome. Know anybody with that? <laughs> you know, I was in high school, and I'd look over, and I'd see these guys, you know, just jiggling their legs, and I'm thinking, what's up with that? Right? Well, in 1973, do you remember the soap opera The Young and the Restless? Debuted on CBS in 1973. So, But these days, most, most everyone is restless regardless of age. And I'm not talking about, you know, risky, youthful, immoral behavior as, you know, the soaps typically portray. I'm talking about a condition called restless leg syndrome, or RLS. It is a common sensory motor disorder with periodic limb movement. Let's look at some facts. RLS has, uh, can begin anytime, and it occurs in both men and women, uh, more common uh, in men, I think. Uh, it's also more common, more severe among older adults, and it gets worse as we get older. So it occurs in about 5 to 10% of the general population, and according to some research done uh, in the United States and in Northern Europe, women experience RLS um, 
about half the time that men do. And children can also experience uh, restless leg syndrome as well. So those that are suffering from it are twice as likely also to experience a stroke. Mm -mm -mm. Well, what does medicine do about this? You know, if you went to your medical doctor, what would they do? Well, modern medicine likes to treat restless leg syndrome with four different drugs. They'll, they'll, they'll bring out the dopamine, which is the same drug they use for Parkinson's patients to stop the tremors. Also, that has some scary side effects. You can get nightmares, hallucinations, and other psychiatric symptoms from that. Or maybe they'll write a prescription for benzopiazepine, which is um, an addictive tranquilizer, may increase your depression and cause dizziness, tachycardia, and hypertension. Or if that doesn't suit you, they can also prescribe anticonvulsants. These are a chemical substance that has a morphine-like action inside your body. And the main use for these is for pain relief. Of course, you can get a morphine addiction, so watch out. Or there's the tricyclics, which are antidepressants. So all these drugs affect your normal sleep patterns and can contribute to insomnia. And all these kinds of treatments really don't address why you have restless leg syndrome in the first place. It's just masking your symptoms. And that's all you know, you know, medicine has when it comes to conditions like this, the internal medicine disease issue is, you know, just symptom reduction, symptom management, right? So what, let's get down to it. What causes restless leg syndrome? Well, modern medicine believes it's a genetic issue. And medicine also suggests it may be linked to caffeine use. But what really is behind this sometimes involuntary leg movement is a deficiency in folic acid. And folic acid is a key nutrient and comes from the Latin term folium, meaning foliage. So why foliage? Well, folic acid nutrient is a primary nutrient found in green leafy vegetables. Now, since real folic acid, also called folate, is absent in a lot of processed foods, more people, more and more people have folic acid deficiency and are experiencing this short circuit condition called restless leg. So if you are low on folic acid, you can also experience fatigue, anemia, irritability, loss of appetite, and mental symptoms. Well, there's this Chinese proverb that says, teachers open the door, but you must walk through it yourself. So here I am presenting you information and empowerment where you can take the power back. What you do after this, well, is what you do. Now, here's a secret. Folic acid is um, a support nutrient. Uh, it's, it's a support nutrient for your metabolic functions. So your red blood cells really couldn't form or hold a shape without folic acid because it helps uh, the body with vitamin B12, helps it with uh, metabolizing protein and amino acids, and to also utilize a lot of nutrition uh, that you're, you're absorbing and is going into your blood to feed your cells. So you got to have folic acid. So now you've heard, you've heard that, you know, when uh, pregnant women have a lack of folic acid, it can lead to birth defects. And uh, it has also been synthetically added to a lot of processed foods, you know, because of that reason. But you don't want to forget that B12 functions 
um, also has a covering on, on your nerve endings called the myelin sheath, and it supports your brain's neurotransmitters as well. So without folic acid, your vitamin B12, as well as your other nutrients, will not be utilized as well by your body, okay? Here's some things to avoid uh, if you're worried about restless leg. If you consume large amounts of alcohol, you can diminish the ability of your system to absorb folic acid. And if you are elderly and on a limited budget, don't skimp on the foods that contain your folic acid, so your produce, your green leafy vegetables. So what can you find natural folic acid in? Well, let's get specific. You're going to find natural folic acid, and I prefer, prefer the natural folic acid to synthetic stuff or isolated nutrients because it's all balanced. So you want to find your folic acid in asparagus, avocados, spinach, kale, beets, broccoli, uh, non-GMO corn, <laughs> legumes, uh, bean sprouts, and whole wheat. So a, a potent source of folic acid is going to be found in non-active nutritional yeast, and, and that won't give you candida. It's grown on beetroot. And, um, if, and, and you know, there's, there's a long list of things that can give you folic acid, but those are pretty much a lot of the big ones that you can readily afford to get. Now, if, um, if you want to get nice, ample amounts of folic acid, and let's say I'm not big on vegetables, I don't have time, to, you know, put something like that together, whatever the reason, uh, have no fear. Because the folks at Apothecary Herbs, they have this product called Body Foundation Food Mix, and it's made from whole organic green plant sources. So it has wheatgrass and beetroot and kelp and spirulina and also that non-active nutritional yeast I mentioned. Um, so you can literally just take this one supplement and you can cover your vitamin, your mineral, your protein, and amino acid and folic acid needs in just one scoop of this stuff a day in juice or water. It's a powder, and uh, so it comes in two sizes. It comes in the 16-ounce and the 32-ounce, very affordable, and uh, you will be amazed how good you feel when you put that in a smoothie or in your V8 or your orange juice, whatever it is you want to put it in. And uh, it's instantly absorbed in 60 seconds because the body doesn't have to digest anything solid, and it's all water-soluble. So, um, and it's all organic. So try that. Get rid of the restless leg syndrome and just, you know, totally amaze your doctor if you're going to see one. Oh, how much? Um, the body food mix, I think the 16-ounce is typically a one-month supply. If you use it once a day, you can use it more than once a day, but usually once a day is enough. And that's like $41. And the 32-ounce saves a bit of money. I think it's like 60 bucks, 63 bucks, something like that. So you can check that out at thepowerherbs.com. It's called Body Food Mix. I think it's under the Energy Boosters tab. So you can check there. Or uh, look in the catalog. It'll be under Energy Boosters in their product catalog. Oh, and you can download the catalog off their website if you want. Some people just don't want to wait for one to be mailed and just download that. All right, we have a few minutes, and um, I just want to touch base real quick on some of the predictions that came uh, up uh, for us in 2015 regarding what was going to happen in 2016, you know, especially with the Affordable Care Act and some other things that could affect our health. You know, how are we Americans going to hold on to our health care benefits? 
Um, you know, and so what happened is a lot of people went out and uh, that were doing this research and they, um, you know, interviewed hospital executives, physician groups, insurance companies, think tanks, law firms, you know, the brains and business academia. You know, what's your prediction there for 2016? And uh, so we reported on this uh, late last year. And so I, I just want to kind of re regroup some of the highlights. Um, a lot of them said that they thought that the Affordable Care Act would be expanding to help hospitals and, more importantly, help hospitals merge and to evolve and create more innovative care practices. And that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing hospitals either going out of business if they don't merge with another one, right? Um, they are creating that their new branding of their healthcare system, which we talked about earlier, was it last week, this week, last week, uh, where they're, they're just giving you the same old, you know, symptom management type of deal, but they're just calling it more personalized healthcare. Uh, you know, still the drugs and surgery, but just no cure for nothing. Uh, also, um, they, they, they also said they were going to narrow the network of products to improve pricing. Yeah, that, and, and, and this new branding is supposed to help us all save money when it's more specific to genes uh, to the patient where there's more testing that needs to be done in order to determine those genes. So I don't see how that's going to be cheaper. Um, so and they call this systematic reform. <laughs> and what it is is, is death of the private health care. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's all going to be it's all going to be uh, government run eventually because uh, a lot of these rulings that are coming down, especially now when 2016 kicked in, there's new things under the Affordable Care Act that uh, we're just now finding uh, because you know it's a time sequence, time, you know, time release kind of Affordable Care Act. What we're finding out um, now, they were also asked if the Affordable Care Act could be sustained. Uh, a lot of these, uh, you know, brainiacs, in reality, you know, consumers have their question marks, you know, higher deductibles, higher co-pays, denied treatment, um, you know, and their attitude is, well, you know, if you have more skin in the game, you're going to be more serious about health care reform. <laughs> well, that's just another way of saying, well, yeah, there's going to be longer wait times. And yes, your um, your deductibles will go up, and your um, <laughs> your credits, whatever the Affordable Care Act was subsidies, well, they'll just vanish. That's what that that means. Your subsidies are going bye bye. They're just now they're just now saying that the people that signed up on the exchange for the bronze and silver level of coverage, uh, if they they're finding out when they go to the hospital for whatever reason. Hospitals know that they're not going to be reimbursed or it's going to be extremely slow process in being reimbursed. So what they do is they ask the patient for um, something like anywhere from two to $5,000 up front because that's going to be their out-of-pocket uh, deductible before their health care even picks up. And these people had no clue. And, you know, face it, when you look at, when you look at insurance policies, you've got to read it, what, two, three six times before you can actually understand what the verbiage is saying, you know, what you're going to be responsible for. And so if these people didn't really read anything, they just clicked on a plan, 
because of the copay and the deductible or and the um you know the copay and you know their their responsibility up front then they're really shocked when they go to the hospital so what what winds up happening is if they do have to have treatment and the hospital wants their money up front with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.